0: As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning
1: that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide by-size learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning.
0: Back a victory to Jackson. What'd you say, not Chuck? (laughs) Man, you a plump fool, man.
2: Happy homecoming, Rattlers. It's the o Strike Zone, I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier. Chuck's a plum fool because he thought he was going to come on down to Florida and get himself a dub. And there's my guy, Mr. Orange and Green himself. Kelvin Rozier, how you doing, my man?
0: Hey, how you doing is the question, Brian. Uh, See, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to tell on people, but I'm going to just say this. I think Brian got on homecoming started early. <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: Uh, you, you might be right. Um, I'm not even gonna lie to you, brother. I, 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 can, I can tell. You can tell, you can tell. I, I I can forgot tell. What, bro, I forgot what day it was. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm like, what day is it? Oh, shit. I'm like, oh, damn, hold on. We got a show to do. I'm like, holy cow! It's, a, it's, too, early, it's
0: too early in the week for it, man. You, Look, you know, I, we got I, you got to face
2: yourself. <laughs> hydrate is what I is what I need to do. Well, I've been so stressed to kind of get trying to get stuff done. Uh, it, it totally, uh, man. I'm. It is. It's homecoming. It, it's homecoming. That's, that's about. That's about the best we can say. Hey, um. <laughs> Busy show tonight. We are yeah. three days away from the experience. Actually, it's homecoming Week. Uh, family Football preparing to take on Prairie View AM this Saturday. And uh, we're gonna get the show started off right, you know, because right from the jump see, we're gonna bring in a special guest who um who we we're gonna go right to our special. I'm gonna make sure he's he's good to go. I'm watching him in the green room, make sure he's good to go. Um, our guy and uh many of you. Uh, know him, know him well, um from uh from you uh, footballs own Mr. Cardell Thomas. Let's bring on Cardell, Cardell KT. How you doing, brother? Happy Homecoming week, Rattler.
3: How y'all doing? Happy Homecoming week to y'all too.
2: <laughs> hey What's man, going on, Cardell.
0: We do well. We, we, we like do we well. Thank you, thank you, man. You know, I, I I started your edition about what about seven years ago, maybe a little longer. Where the whole week of homecoming, I wear orange and green, the whole week, and down to the shoes. So I I usually post my pictures, but I didn't do it this year. But you know, I know I was going to be on the show, so you know, I had to represent. I
3: love <laughs> you, <man. laughs> Oh well, story.
2: yeah, man. Hey, uh, so Cardell, first off, congratulations on the win on Saturday. Uh, how 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 are you feeling? How's the team feeling? What's the what's the what's the atmosphere and buzz like <laughs> following that win?
3: Uh, we feeling good. Uh, you know, we just, like I said, you know, last time I was on, we just steadily focusing, you know, on, you know, improving and just executing and starting faster. So, right now, we just really trying to let home come and be the game. Yeah, you know, we come full circuit everything. And that's really what the focus been this week. Uh, just studying them, seeing what, you know, their personnel is and how we match up and things like that. That's really what we've been focused on, you know, just making sure we don't distractions, get to us for real, and just, you know,
2: get ready to play pair of you and right them. That's what's up. That's what's up. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, now, look, the reason the reason we kind of brought you in here and got you in early off the bat. Now, you you had uh, Kelvin had had told me, you know, or, or we had talked about uh, that, that the, that the family was coming in town for homecoming. There was, you know, a, a lot of buzz about the uh, the, the, the KT. Um, uh tailgate potentially uh and, and some talk about some gumbo so i look i'm gonna get out of the way and let you let you talk to us what what's happening on on saturday give us give us the skinny what's going on
3: uh really pretty much uh we're starting uh with the french Town rising uh and stuff like that uh, social vegan some people i'm partnering with uh, basically we're gonna be serving a vegan gumbo so basically like Louisiana style, but vegan. And basically, that's just something I kind of want to do because, you know, I've had a lot of people uh, just basically talk about, a, uh, you know, a vegan gumbo and things like that. So this kind of, you know, what we pushing uh, with, you know, as an NIL partnership and opportunity and things like that. So that's really uh, what's going on with that. And then on the other hand, you know, my folks coming down here, my mom's coming down here. So she probably gonna follow up a big pile of the gumbo herself. And first come, first serve comes Saturday. <laughs>
2: Hey, look, where 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 do we need to be? All you all you gotta do look, I so let, let's let's make sure we got two different things. Let's make sure we give the proper uh, uh plugs for Friday. And uh you, you just got to tell us where to be on Saturday. Where where to Saturday?
3: I got you uh Saturday. Uh well we're trying to get all the details now, but right now it's looking like we're gonna be in front of the main gate uh Saturday. Uh right in front of gate one. Uh Right there, right literally, right on Perry Street, right on the corner. So, that's what it's looking like we're gonna be at right now. If something changed, I'll probably post it or something just to let people know. But that's what it's looking like we're gonna be at right now.
2: All right, and uh, and then and then Friday, uh, Frenchtown Rising, you said, uh, the 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 uh, give, give that plug again, let people know where they can come, uh, and and show some love on Friday.
3: Friday, you can come to Social Vegan and come get you know Cordell Special Louisiana Vegan Gumbo. And uh, really just come enjoy it. You know, come in, they probably gonna offer it to you, you know, taste it, and then you know, let me know the reviews. Be honest,
2: <laughs> that's what's up. Let let people know where they can uh follow you at on socials.
3: Oh, same as always, Cordell Thomas is my Instagram. I usually do everything from there right now, and my Twitter is Cordell T62. Nice, nice point,
2: point uh, question. Um, uh, what, what,
0: what, what's uh, the non vegan gumbo? What, Meat, oh,
3: yeah. meat. <laughs> oh, so a non vegan gumbo more than likely. Uh, I can't eat seafood, but uh, more than likely, uh, my parents they probably, I'm not my mother, she probably gonna have two different parts. So she probably gonna have a seafood gumbo and a chicken gumbo. And then for the last home game, we trying to have a dill sausage gumbo, but that's just something like you know, we kind of just Ooh. keep it under wrapping. Like, nah. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, so I got a new
4: family,
0: y'all gonna adopt me.
2: oh man oh that sounds that sounds great man that that sounds awesome well uh we we looking forward to that uh anything else we want we don't want to keep you long because we want you to completely focus we heard coach simmons he said man we want to make sure everybody's focus is on this game on saturday and no distractions so we don't want to be look What's the title say? Distractions. What distractions? We don't want to be part of that. So I'm going to give you the last word, Cardell. Anything you want to mention again to us, uh, you can feel free to drop another plug, handle, whatever you want to do. gonna give you the last word.
3: Uh, pretty much just be on the lookout for a lot of things I'm doing for us in the CBD world, uh, the farming world. I just uh, got my creams in, and I just uh, got with my NFL legend friend Jamarcus Webb, and we're working on something with uh, – a couple of NFL teams right now. So just be on the lookout for that coming with my CBD cream on my farm. Uh, We're looking at having crops starting serving probably around springtime. And pretty much everything else Uh, will be posting on my Instagram, which is Cordell Thomas. And that's pretty much it. I appreciate y'all for having
2: me. Hey, appreciate you, Cordell. Thank you. Man. Yes, sir. Be safe. Be, be safe, be well, have a good uh, practice the rest of this week. And uh, we look forward to meeting your family and, and uh, eating that gumbo. Uh, all right.
3: Yes, sir. Thank y'all.
2: All right. Take all right. care now. All right. All right. That was. Uh, let me bring in Marcus here. Marcus Green in there. Marcus Green in the house. Marcus, how you doing, brother? Happy doing homecoming, good. Rattler.
5: Yeah. Sorry, I'm late.
2: Uh, hey, you, you, you. Well, let's not talk about that. We <laughs> better late than yeah. never, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna talk hey, about he, that you doing better than Brian right now. Hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> better late than never is all I'm going to say. Um, you know, thank God for uh, a quick internet. Thank for a quick computer, Lord. Thank mercy. Um, well, yeah, hey, you, mercy. Yeah, you've been working
0: um, overtime. I'm going to cut you some slack, man.
2: You've been working overtime. Both shows I, in I, a I, row, right? I, Oof, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I-, I told you when when... Uh, let me see. Was I, yeah, exactly. Four in a row. And and that's what threw me off because I think I said something else. And I realized I thought it was, for some reason, I thought it was Thursday. I don't know why I thought it was Thursday. And then I was like, oh, shit. No, today's Wednesday. What the hell? I don't know what's going on, man. But, oh, <laughs> uh, Lord have mercy. But we're going, it's going to be all good. Let me, uh, you, want, let me you want it to
0: be Thursday. So you can get on here to Tallahassee.
2: I'm telling you, man, look, I I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um all right, let me give a let me quick shout out to a few folks who are already checking in, who jumped in uh early, uh folks who jumped in on time. Uh unlike, <laughs> unlike your boy. Uh Tremaine Ellis jumping in. First one in the door. Happy home coming to you. Kenneth Rozier, family coming in. How you doing? Good to see you as well. Jimmy Matt. Old school. What up? Happy homecoming, Rattler. Appreciate Coach Rossi jumping in there. Uh, happy homecoming to you, uh, Coach. I think you uh you guys uh uh took care of business your past uh this past week at yeah, homecoming there at uh, Langston. So congrats to you. Uh, Melissa Wilson jumping in. Happy homecoming, Rattler. Duh. Amen. Amen for that. Tamra T. Happy homecoming. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Demetra Alford. Happy homecoming. Marcus. Looking forward to see you. Seeing you this weekend. Happy homecoming to you, my boy Tony Mathers. Double O C. Happy, happy homecoming to you as well. Let me see who else is in there. Mary three hundred five. Happy homecoming. Good to see you. Uh, who else? Who I see? Ah, there he is, Sam Dixie. Happy homecoming, Sam. Looking forward to seeing you uh, this weekend as well. Uh, let me see who else. Oh, I don't want to miss Meredith. Happy homecoming, Meredith. Uh, favorite homecoming. Memory, if of of uh, you know uh, something that you can recall from homecoming, uh, Kelvin or Marcus, just a maybe a thought. I'm just coming off the top <laughs> of the top of my head with that. So something that you care to share? I guess I put it like that.
5: Uh, uh, well, the first thing that came to mind was hey, I think it was homecoming. I think it was homecoming '88. And I think we played Howard for homecoming. And I remember one of my good friends from high school, his sister went to Howard. and She was a couple years older. And she came all the way from D.C. for the game. And I was, you know, young and fresh. And I was in uh, National Society of Black Engineers. And I remember, I think our president, somehow, I don't know, all the students were together. And she had a sign up for Howard. He went over there and, like, snatched it. Just like, uh, get that out of here. Just do it. So I was like, dang, that's the Nesby president. But that's my best friend's sister. What am I going to So I was like, all right, you know, bump it
2: um good stuff good stuff um i, I love i love how you, you threw that date in there just to let let people know that's, that's... i think it was 88
5: or 89 i can't remember the year but it was
2: back then Kelvin, how about you what kind of memories and thoughts come to mind
0: i black i, I black out all those thoughts <laughs> <laughs> they the <they're> top secret <laughs> i'll tell you one game that that surprisingly that sticks out for me and it was a loss Morgan State
2: oh yeah, oh, yeah I remember that I remember that
0: what was that was that, 90- that, that was like
2: Billy Joe first year yeah it was in
5: 94 93 or 94 yeah actually yeah. I came down I remember that because I was like because hmm. I didn't go to the game because we were like I mean we got this game so we were hanging out and trying to you know do what young single guys trying to do at homecoming and we are you joking? What is that? <laughs> um, socialize,
2: chasing, yeah, chasing, <laughs> as, as they say, chasing. <laughs> Make
5: new friends,
0: being sporty.
2: There you go, <laughs> as the old folks say, being sporty. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I, I remember, I think it was 94, 94 Homecoming. I remember I was helping out uh, student government with the Homecoming concert. And I believe that's the year Faith Evans came to town for the Homecoming concert. And mm. I just remember hanging out with Faith Evans backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah, I you know, I'm, you know, just hanging yeah, out with you, Faith so Faith manager, yeah. So no, so, no,
5: Pac, was, so Pac was uh, talking about Biggie, huh? Nah, hey,
2: but, hey, hey, yeah, before Biggie.
5: <laughs> this is, I uh, love it when you call him Big Papa. Hey, uh,
2: look, look, this is you know, big, geez, so she it's that Big Papa Big Doctor. <laughs> don't even go back and happily, listen to
5: some of them songs. See if I can pick happily, up some clues. She
2: was happily married to. uh, to uh to, to 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 biggie we didn't talk about Pac. uh i just i just remember hanging out let me just say there's some some hard hanging out going on back there so uh whew, some good times good times and uh, there's, there's a few people who know and it's just gonna remain like that if you know you know other than that we'll talk about it <laughs> not in public places all Let's right go. um yeah, we got uh we got some uh oh hey C S E somebody, somebody telling too much in the chat room. I'm gonna have to put some people <laughs> on silence in the chat room. Slow down. Hey,
0: hey I noticed slow
2: that. <laughs> yeah, slow down, slow down uh, in the chat room. Slow down. Y'all a little too y'all a little too much now, a little too much. Yeah, uh, there's, there's
5: one comment I think you missed a couple up.
2: Uh I'm sure I did on purpose, probably. Yeah, so, right you know, after
5: you know, um go check check out. The one after Chuck Hunt about the vegan gumbo.
2: Uh, yeah. Let me, okay. Um, I don't know. Are you able to – let me see, Chuck Hunt. Uh, let me see. Where is it at? I it's don't the know. one You're right even, after it. Where's, where is – what? Chuck Hunt? Okay. Chuck Hunt coming in. Uh, Happy uh, – the one where he says happy homecoming?
5: No, vegan gumbo.
2: Vegan gumbo. I don't know where they – hold on. I didn't – Yeah. Uh, are you, guys, are you guys able to store it? What? I, what? Uh, uh yeah. Oh, I, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kylan, <laughs> Kylan, yeah. We tried. We tried. Uh, Kylan, yeah. I, we did. Know, I did. I did. I made. I was a little late though, so I'm. I, it's on me. I. But that was. Let me just say, it was kind of a. <laughs> Marcus and I were working on how to how to pitch. How to pitch the appearance on the show. Let me just put it like that. We're working on how to pitch it. And so uh unfortunately, maybe it was because of short notice that uh we weren't able to uh to to to, to get that guest. But uh needless to say, the this the distraction committee will be, I'm sure, in attendance. Um we we just we just gotta see what the membership is looking like uh <laughs> on, on on Saturday afternoon four o'clock. Uh, we we want to give Prairie View as many reasons to be distracted as possible. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I started some of these, so I'm going to make sure to come back to uh, some of these shout outs and, and stuff here. Uh, but we got to talk. We always like to talk to show. Obviously, special when we get a special guest like uh, Cardell Thomas wanting to come in and, and talk to us, uh, we will we, we'll jump on that in a heartbeat. But we got to talk about championships, baby. Champions. We got to talk about that's championships right. because uh, FAMU's got another SWAC champion in its midst. And, and that's these, that's these ladies right here as earlier this week on Monday night, Monday morning, excuse me, mm-hmm. Monday morning, FAMU added the first SWAC title of the 23-24 calendar year. Uh, academic year, I should say, the sports calendar year with a cross-country championship as the Rattlers had five runners inside of the top 25 to finish with 63 points, which was nine points better than second-place Alabama State who had four runners in the top 25 and a fifth runner that finished 42nd. So just in case you weren't familiar with how they do the scoring, um The top five runners are the ones who uh, actually—they take the scores of the of the place rather the finish Mm -hmm. of the top five runners, and the the lowest number is the team that wins. So, fam, you had again five runners in the top twenty-five. Alabama State also had four runners in the top twenty, but because their fifth runner finished forty-second. And we actually had, actually what's funny is our sixth and seventh runner finished ahead of that fifth person. So, I mean, we had some room to spare on that. But, uh, again, the you know, once they do the total math, even though we didn't have the number one uh, runner overall, it still doesn't matter. And uh, so congratulations uh, to these Rattlers. I, I heard, yeah. anybody who heard the Willie Simmons live show, uh, what, what what Monday night? Monday night. Um, mm-hmm. one of the uh, young ladies, uh, was on and I, I forgot her name right off the bat already, and I, I hate that I don't have my my page pulled up here. Um, but uh, I think her name was Lauren. Uh, she and I want to find the name, but she Melvin I'll, Beals.
5: I'll take care of that.
2: Oh, you got it. Okay, thank you. Well, yeah, I, give I'll me
5: a quick it. second. Give me a quick yeah. Second.
2: So she, uh, Melvin Beal, had a great interview with her, and she, she's one of the more experienced runners on the team. She actually is a more of a track athlete than a distance cross country person, but um, she was saying that this team was very young. But uh, five of the seven young ladies who finished in that top forty-one all ran personal best. So you know, we're talking the. The top finisher, the number uh, three, four, five. All, I mean, everybody had their personal best, and I mean, that's awesome. You, you talk yeah, about running, that's what running you want. Yeah, uh-huh. running your best at the right time. Did, did you able to? Were you able to pull them up?
5: I give me one quick 2nd on it. looking at the graphic now.
2: Well, I'll, I'll mention a few names because the way the SWAC does, their all. Uh, all conference team is uh, usually the top five runners and make the first team, and then the next five. Uh, and so, of course, we had three young ladies in the top ten: Serenity Williams, Nia Coleman, Sierra Barrera.
5: And those two are freshmen. Uh, Nia yeah. Coleman, Sierra Barrera.
2: Correct. Yeah, and and I think uh, Serenity and Sierra. Ran personal best if I recall seeing from off of uh, uh famuathletics.com. Um, so that's uh, Correct. yeah, that's how and he, I think.
5: And, and I think the young lady who came in in the top five for us, I believe Serenity, maybe she was number six. I think she's a junior, so we do have a young team,
2: yeah. Um Oh, okay. It was it was Lacy. I'm sorry. What I say the name? I don't, I don't know. It was Lacey yeah. Deboski. That's who. Yeah. That uh was do. on the show the other night. Lacy. Um, she finished with a personal best. Um, she finished, like I said, she finished just outside of the top five, but she finished like 27th overall, which was still better than the last place runner from Alabama State. Um, and so one more recognition coach G Garfield Ellenwood the second coach was named coach of the congratulations, year congratulations coach yeah congratulations coach G um did a great job assembling this group i mean this is a this was un, I, I i don't this was not unexpected unexpected, unexpected. Right. yeah right. um and so uh it, it's cool to see again uh the ladies that participated serenity williams who finished sixth overall uh, Naya Coleman finished ninth. Sierra Barrera finished tenth. Then you had Alicia Douglas, who finished fourteenth. Jillian Salmon, who finished twenty fourth. Those are your top five runners. Then of course it's you She's a had freshman Lacey. too.
5: Which one? She Two. snuck in on. I didn't see her signing, but she snuck in too. Jillian Salmon.
2: Okay. Yeah. So that that's that's at least three freshmen mm-hmm. right there. Uh, and then of course you had Lacey Deboski finished seventh. Madison Gordon finished 41st. That was your top seven. Uh, Also, Ava uh, Kaysen and Jordan Garnett also finished, but uh, again, when you had these young ladies that finished with personal bests, Williams, Barrera, Douglas, Salmon, and Deboski all finished with personal best times. That's what it takes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, know, it's funny. I remember when we were talking to Coach G, you know, we were kind of talking about the strategy of points and you know we were kind of talking about how it seemed like some teams were winning swat championships off their distance runners because they would have you know people running in those uh in those early uh in those early meets which were the distance races so I, you know it could be it could be a foreshadowing for the uh, spring season when we get mm-hmm. to the spring season, you know. Um, coming up a little to bit later in the and show, and we hosted
0: too uh, the championships.
2: Oh yeah, yes we did. Yes we did. Uh, that was at the. Uh,
5: uh, Appalachian Park, Appalachian State Park, I believe. Yeah.
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Indeed. Coming up later. In the show, at the top of hour two, we're going to get into, you know, we we always like to bring in special guests. And we got some uh, friends of the network, friends of the family coming on the show in the second hour. We have none other than Dr. Kenyatta Cavill and Charles Bishop, both of uh, Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, Doc is a Prairie View alum. Uh, Charles is the play-by-play voice for Prairie View uh, football games. And, and of course, I mean, they got plenty of slack hours. So it'll be good to kind of talk about the history, which, you know, some interesting history. You know, two teams that haven't played each other since, I think, 1958. Hmm. Is the 58 or 59 was the last time. That Prairie View and Florida AM played. You know. Um, and of course, Prairie View has a special place in uh, Coach Simmons' heart. Uh, that's where he got his first head coaching job. Of course, uh, on Saturday, he got his 60th career win uh against Texas Southern. And so um that's to be uh that's to be recognized as well, but that's what's coming up. So let's do this. Let's take a short break, come back, and um we'll talk about that game Texas Southern. on the other side. Kelvin is our do we yeah, against Texas Southern. Do we have our other guests, Kelvin? I was curious. Do we have our other guests we talked about potentially coming in? No. In this we, next segment? No, no. No, I didn't I
0: didn't bring along.
2: Okay. I was okay. So that gives us a chance to really talk about this Texas Southern game. And uh we gotta talk about our volleyball team being in an unfamiliar place uh as well. So we'll do that on the other side. You guys hang in there. I promise we won't be long. Uh you're watching the ONG strike zone right here on the Black College Network. We'll be back in just a moment. <whistles> All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone, uh, Brian, Marcus, Kelvin. Here, Uh hope you enjoyed that uh, video during the what might be a normal commercial break. Um, that that video. Now, look, I I'm trying to figure out. I don't. I think that was a video put together possibly by the university. Uh, I know. Shout out to. Um, you know, our good friend on the uh, on the Twitter spaces uh, at FAMU videos, uh, Parody Rattler. Uh, but um, that that's where I saw it. I saw it earlier in the week and I just was like, I got to I got to put that into the show. I I don't you know, that's a dope video. And and that that's one of those. Again, like I said, if the university put that together. That is an awesome promotional video for homecoming. That is awesome in so many ways. Uh, I, I think I think that I think that thing captured the old school vibe, the new school vibe. I, I think it captured everything about homecoming. When you guys say,
5: "No, nah, I was fired," I love it. Yeah, it captured a lot.
2: <laughs> Marcus, Marcus, why are you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, there's a scene in there. that must have caught you, huh? Somebody, you must have seen in that in there, Marcus. What? I didn't even that.
0: Don't call
2: that man out. <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me just stop. All right, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, there's um, homecoming. Yes, yeah, it homecoming. is. It's homecoming. Um. Yeah, so shout out. If that was the first time you've seen it, uh, I know we've retweeted it. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll show it one more time during the uh, during the show. Let me go to a few more uh, shout outs to a few more people. Uh, Kylan Chavis, happy homecoming. Good to see you. Uh, Lawrence Brown, happy homecoming. Sweet, happy homecoming to you. Chuck Hutt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Good to see you, Chuck. Jay Brown checking in. Uh, let me see. Good to see you. Happy homecoming, Rattler. Uh, let's see. Any any other? I'm sure there's some, some other Sikes. folks in there. Kenya, happy homecoming. I can't find her. She's in there. I see Ashton. Happy and homecoming.
5: She, she should be. She might be in tally.
2: Oh yeah. See, okay. Sure. We 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 had heard Kenya was coming in town. Uh Dr. Mm-hmm. Laurie, happy homecoming, Doc. Good to see you. Uh let me see. Any anybody else that I didn't catch? Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just scrolling, catching up. Boy, Tony, you know too much. You're talking too much in them chat rooms. Boy, I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to delete some of these messages I'm coming across. <laughs> you talk, you're telling too much. You're telling too much, Tony. He's snitching. Exactly. <laughs> you stop that. Stop that. Um, <laughs> all right. So Famu goes to Texas. First game off a of bye. Get a 31-21 <laughs> victory yeah. over Texas Southern. Uh, we were down 14-0 at one point in the ball game. Uh, you know, that was uh that was definitely sending people, uh, sending the haters into a frenzy, sending Sending the uh, upset alert flags flying, and the bells and all the other stuff, uh,
5: sending before. some of the faithful in a, into a tizzy.
2: Well, you know, look, we,
5: not we, necessarily we, tizzy, but um, pause for um, encouragement of the team to perform up to its up to its capabilities.
2: But you know, I okay, and, and then we end up scoring thirty one unanswered. Um, mm. I, I going back, and of course, I didn't watch it live because at least the first half, because I was working the game up in Jacksonville, but going back and watching the first half, um, obviously there were plenty of miscues, uh, early on. So, you know, should we have been down 14 though? Probably not. That, that, That game probably, or should have started off a little bit better. Um, Kelvin from you were there, you were in the house. Um, from your perspective, what was the energy like? Uh, what was your description of what you saw from those opening that I'd say that first quarter and a half? Really, probably even the first half before we finally scored with 33 seconds left in the second quarter.
0: What energy? The thing about traveling in a swag is that you don't have that same energy like we have in um Braille. We definitely have a home field advantage. You know, they crowd, light. They don't dress in colors. You saw orange and green. You couldn't really tell who was Texas Southern fans because a lot of their fans just came in regular clothes, no colors.
2: Hmm.
0: And, of course, there wasn't a lot of energy. You think 14-0, them, them, them jumping up 14-0, what the hell was some questionable officiating and some, some, some drops and some turnovers on our part? That you know that they would have been in a frenzy, but it never felt like we were in trouble the whole time. So uh, this is what you get with this team. This team they're gonna they're gonna play in spurts. They're gonna give you you know four or five scores in a row, and then they're gonna shut it down. And you know it's right now it seems like it's in the second half. So you know we have to live with it and hope that it don't come to bite us.
2: Mm. And is it crazy enough to think that nobody in the SWAC is really that strong? Uh, you know, I don't I don't think anybody in the SWAC has really played a good four quarters. You know, nobody in the SWAC has really had a game where they just look really great. I mean, everybody looks flawed to some degree. Um, from what I've seen, uh, Marcus, what were what some of your impressions of the, of the early start there?
5: Uh, well, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, I, there was this drop when, um, Manigo was, uh, wide open. I mean, they had a busted coverage and if he would have caught the ball cleanly or he would have caught the ball at all, he could have moonwalked in. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that surprised me was, um, at least the first I know Texas Southern has a dynamic running back, but it seems so easy. I mean, it seemed like we were crashing in or caving in, Uh, not gap sound. And he was just basically cutting back and, or doing, um, gosh, can't think of it now. Just basically cutting back. And then it was like wide open, all this space. Another thing that was a little disappointing in the first half was probably the uh, we had some of the execution, but once again the drop, and then when we had a chance to to tie the game, I believe the interception. So it was kind of like kind of choppy, and also I agree with Kelvin on the crowd. I mean, I know they're in an MLS soccer stadium. I think the capacity is around twenty five thousand but when they panned the stadium the few times that they did i was like how many people are there i mean I'm, i was just kind of surprised at the lack of of capacity i mean i didn't expect it to be 25 full but it didn't seem like it seemed it did seem like there's more orange and green in fact i saw one of my classmates in the crowd didn't know she was in texas and they zoomed in on her for a quick second and i was like ah oh. and it seemed like that kind of game like the energy was kind of eh, blah
2: the uh reported attendance was just under nine thousand uh and that soccer stadium it's capacity uh, seats twenty two, uh apparently. Um so that was shocking to me. I really thought more um uh, uh, more rattlers would have been there, you know, and, and maybe maybe I don't know. I always feel like I overestimate things. Probably, um, I don't, you know, that's a product of other things, I guess. Um, definitely, it does appear. Yeah, there probably were more fans. I would bet. I would probably say, of the of the near nine thousand, I would I would roughly, you know, unofficially sounds like there's probably about seven thousand rattlers there versus, you know, maybe two from Texas Southern. I I don't know. Hmm. Kelvin, you you could uh, speak to that or or guesstimate as best as possible that's one of those things always hard to tell um the running back uh Ladarius Owens was Ladarius Owens probably the best running back that we've seen this season so far he had 100 definitely yards. yes yes okay best running back uh he he had uh, 138 net yards or 19 carries he also his special teams now he he tore it up from a special teams perspective against Bethune uh, he had uh 63 on us on three returns so he almost had 200 yards of uh of total uh total yardage in the uh in the contest uh Jeremy Musa had 180 yards passing through two touchdowns did have the one interception uh, even had a rushing uh touchdown in which they kind of they went with a uh the good old tush push as now it's become the 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 phrase for that play now uh and he, he even scored a rushing touchdown i think that might have been the the first touchdown of the game uh with 33 seconds left in the second quarter and so we went to half trailing uh and then broke out the 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 whooping stick in the third quarter, (laughs) 21 21 unanswered. Uh, Kelvin Dean led all Rattlers, rushing uh, with 83 yards and a score. I think he had a a big 49-yard run Mm -hmm. there. It's good to
5: see him break out.
2: mm -hmm, To give FAMU the lead. Terrell Jennings added 49 yards as well, an average of 5.4 uh, Jamari Gassett had three catches for 77 yards and a touchdown to lead the, uh, the, uh, the rat boys. Uh, gentle hunt led FAMU's defensive effort with three sacks, two tackles for loss, or excuse me, three tackles, two tackles for loss and two sacks. Lovey Jenkins had three tackles and an interception. Uh, here's a name we, I, I was, I'm glad to hear, uh, Sharif say uh had four tackles two tackles for losses sat and a forced fumble that's a big guy remember we talked about him in the uh in the spring and so good to see you know another edge another edge rusher to add to our already dominant front um so yeah i mean uh any other, I'm just kind of browsing through. Uh, Trey Wilhite, three punts for an average of 47 yards per punt. Um, So uh, he, did, he did really well. FAMU converted 8 of 17 on third downs and held Texas Southern to 4 of 12, which I think is one of the nation's best, if I'm not mistaken. FAMU is definitely in the top 10 in terms of third down defense in the country. Uh, FAMU was three for four on fourth down. Uh, We won the time of possession 38-29 to 21-30. Out game Texas Southern 435 to 309 uh, with a 255 to 131 advantage on the ground.
5: Yeah, Brian. According to our our press release, our game notes, we were second in FCS and third down defense.
2: Okay. Yeah, I knew we were right there. I knew we were mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, any other any other thoughts on this game, fam? You improved the six and one, five and zero in the SWAC. Three games away, our magic number is down to two. Uh,
5: uh, one thing it seems like, and I'd have to go back and or depending you guys' memory, I don't know if we capping ourselves at thirty one or not it seems like we just can't get past 31 points.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah. What is the deal?
3: Yeah.
0: We, we get 31 cover- about four yeah. times now, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. And we can't cover a 17 and a half point spread either. That's what <laughs> I keep noting. But I, but I told y'all that a long time ago. That, that's a, that's one of those things. I think we have been favored by, by that number three times this year. And I think we're over three. Um, let me see. We scored thirty-one again. Yeah, we've hit
5: it three. West yeah. Florida Valley, uh-huh. and uh, Texas. Southern. Southern. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I don't know. I, hey, you know what? You know what? You know what's ahead? In in you know, I hate to look that far ahead, but you know the that that game, that last home game, is going to be the one that everybody's going to look at now. You know, if we can't score forty to fifty when everybody else in the HBC universe has scored 40 and 50 against those jokers, that's going to be the one that's going to really tick people off. But we're not, we're not focused on that. That's a, that's a ways away. So mm-hmm. we won't even, we won't even think one that game far. Time. Yeah, one hey game Brian, of time.
0: Yes. we sir? did rush for 255 yards or something like that yes. as a team. And yes. what helped the running game. And I was glad to see it was we ran more outside runs that which, opened up some of those uh gaps in which we buzz, like the one dean bus. Uh and those outside runs with those uh Gassick and um Sheree they were very they were very successful. Um they they constantly got outside. And I think our depth, um and this is the what the, I think the issue is going to be for any team that we play moving forward is that our depth, because we play so many guys, both on the offense and defensive side, after the first half, I, I think we had wore them out, and so mm-hmm. of course, third quarter, you know, we just kept 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 at it and and was successful. But I, I really think we have advantage in terms of depth. But those outside runs did help our running game. So,
2: mm-hmm.
5: and we talked about that in our preseason and in the first game around our depth where we have. We're basically stacked at every position. If you just look at the numbers and the potential of the new players, we hadn't seen them in action yet. But just like a defensive end, back and offensive line, wide receiver, and we know that we had what twenty wide receivers on the roster. You know, just looking at the names, and so yeah, just from a depth standpoint. You know, I don't know to what degree any, you know, the current team or future teams could just roll out the people that we have. Even with our slow starts.
2: Yeah, statistically, this is one of the games where we uh Musa threw probably to the fewest number of guys. Speaking of the receivers, we only he only uh threw passes complete to seven guys. Um Gassett with the most yards with 77. Jamari A. Shereed with the most receptions with six. Uh, Kareem Burke caught a touchdown pass. Jamari Gassett, we already mentioned. Uh, Marcus Riley had a pair. Kamari Young, Kobe Kobe Gross, and Kelvin Dean each had a reception. Uh, The rushing attack, though. Um, Everybody from Dean Jennings, who we mentioned. Shereed on a couple jet sweeps. Uh, Jaquez Yant. Musa's running. Leland Hoyt got a couple carries. Kareem Burke. I mean, look, we had three, four, five, six. We had just as many people rushing as we did receiving. Uh, and, and again, 38. I think what I say, 38 minutes? I mean, think about that. We ran 76 plays and had the ball for 38 minutes. So you talk about that fatigue factor. Yeah, we we, we nearly had the ball for three quarters uh compared to what texas southern was able to uh put together and you know they still individually had some nice performances from owens and then their quarterback uh through three touchdowns but he was also sacked three times through an interception so uh from that perspective um i i again i i've said this before i i think we we have to stop looking at this team through the prism of the Billy Joe era. I think we have to stop looking at this team through the prism of the 21 season, which the 21 team was a better rushing team than this team. Obviously we had Bishop Bonnet and they points per game was probably better from the 21 team. Uh, And and I think we also within the SWAC itself, I told you guys in the preseason, Jackson State put up one of the most dynamic offensive and defensive seasons combined last season. And, I, you know, I, I think we – I think everybody in the SWAC is looking at our teams because I hear it across the board from different folks. Everybody's – nobody's offense is performing like they expect it to perform, right? But I think, again – we saw a really high level offense last year in Jackson state. And I think we're all, we don't want to admit it, but we're all kind of looking at our offense, like, man, we should be able to do that. Yeah, maybe we should, but that team was pretty doggone special. I mean that, that, so I I think you just got to kind of look at the entire landscape and, and maybe have a different viewpoint on, on, on the team. Um, any other the standard is the standard, yes. The standard is the standard, and it, it just it, it really what it, I think it drives home that whole mantra that uh Coach Prime had last year and the way that he really drove that home of holding guys to because it's real interesting listening to Coach talk about his frustration with it's almost the psychology. Of this team, you know, and, and the fact that uh, these are young people, and, and that this team is—I uh, don't know if we want to call it underachieving, uh, maybe underachieving by fans' perspective. But Not just fans; by-
0: they—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're slightly underachieving by their own standards, right? The key that they have forty-two seniors and grad students on this team this team has played a lot of ball they've played under this coaching staff for a while um, you don't it ain't too many years you get an experienced team that's also talented and deep and so we, we we have all three of those things so of course expectations are elevated and um you know we're the best team in in in, in, the, in the in the league but we almost have to be challenged every week in and week out right you don't right. you don't really get this team's attention until you know they face some adversity, and you know by game seven you want to see teams improving, doing things better than they did in week one, and we have not done that yet. We kind of stayed the same.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's uh let's get ready to uh to transition to another short break. And come back with our guests. We're going to get into talking about this upcoming game, game number eight on the schedule against Prairie View a uh, We're going to have our guests, uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill and Charles Bishop from uh, inside the HBCU Sports Lab. They're going to be coming on and joining us. And we're going to get into talking a little bit about uh, this this matchup and a little bit of the unique history that sits behind this contest. And so uh, we'll do that. And more coming up after this short break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Net. We'll be back in just a moment. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties through its programs Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevra's voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kev's Voice, Cover's Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. No.
0: Nope. Nope. Want him?
4: Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more
2: absorbent so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty,
5: the Quicker Picker Upper.
2: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Marcus Green, Kelvin Rozier. And it's good to have on some BCSN family joining us right now. None other than Charles Bishop and Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. of course, of uh, Dr. Cavill is inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Doc, Charles, how you doing? Uh, I see you, Doc. Represent, Doc. <laughs> this was specially for you, Kelvin, because I know you
0: come
1: with it. I said, I can't <laughs> let him have all the fun. I'm coming in here hot. Right. Wow. <laughs> Just that, is a, of my brother, that is a nice jacket, Kevin. Wow. I had to wow. match it.
0: <laughs> and y'all know
1: this. Y'all know. I'm making returns I do my show whatever, but we're going to have a little bit of fun today because there's a lot of history in this program that I'm extremely proud of. And so I'm glad, was happy and excited when y'all uh, checked the boxes and the board, said yes, of uh, y'all becoming the... 11th member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I knew it was going to be a difference maker for this conference. And so I'm excited about this opportunity.
2: So just so people who, uh, who aren't familiar, of course, uh, Doc and Charles, uh, the, the show inside the HBC, HBCU Sports Lab comes on every Tuesday night right here on the BCSN network, uh, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday morning recap from the Saturday games. Uh, Doc, of course, uh, being a Prairie View alum, as you can see. And then Charles has the unique perspective of being the play-by-play voice for Prayer View uh, this year. Um, so, I, look, before we get into history, uh, which, you know, Doc was just mentioning, Charles, I want to ask you, what's it been like covering – This team in this unique role doing play by play uh, for Prairie View this season?
4: Uh, It's been unique. It's been unique in terms of uh, uh, looking at how, uh, 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 looking at the Prairie View culture and and learning what uh, Coach Buck McDowell is trying to get done with regards to this team. Uh, They're a talented team, uh, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, But I think one of the things I've been talking with uh, Coach McDowell uh, and and uh, he's been a little bit frustrated in terms of they take two steps forward, one step back. But, um, you know, it, it is a talented group of guys. And I watched it and They work hard. They go at it. And they put the paces in and whatnot. And um, uh, they've had some success. But they've had some setbacks this year. But it's a, it's a good team to watch.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, let me go over to, uh, to, to Doc here for a second and kind of start to kind of unwrap a little bit of that unique history. Um, and I, I'll be honest, you know, look, we, we were talking about it. Uh, Charles, you and Doc, you guys got SWAC hours. You, you you guys have put in <laughs> SWAC hours, not only a SWAC alums, but you covered the SWAC way longer than uh, th- that we have been doing this particular show. Um, and so the unique thing that I think came out of working with Doc uh, a couple years ago was uh, we did this uh piece called uh dynasty makers, and you know, we were talking about uh, I think this was after Nick Saban had won his last championship, and the media was going buzzing about it. And we were we got into talking about you know, the the, the thing that Saban is doing is not uh, not unique in college football because people like Jake Gaither. Uh, and others, Eddie Robinson, uh, you know, and, and others have been putting together these kind of runs. And then we came across uh, a, a coach, I, I, and like I said, I wasn't familiar, but um, Billy Nix, uh, former head coach of Prairie View A&M who in his own right, uh, was running a dynasty at Prairie View right around the same time as Jake Gaither was at FAMU. So Doc, talk a little bit about this unique history that's there between FAMU and Prairie View.
1: Let me first talk
2: about that, you know, this goes
1: back to 1936. And this is before our most legendary coaches, I would suggest. You know, FAMU, Jake Gaither, and you all obviously have that history, correct me if I'm out of line. But on our side, in terms of Prairie View, that was uh, Billy Nix. Uh, before then, though, there was a game with Sam B. Taylor, who was the coach at Prairie View, a head coach, and William Big Bill Bell was the coach at FAMU. Obviously, as y'all know, Jake Gaither was an assistant on that staff. Well, Prairie View's overall record against FAMU, to give you some indication of uh, these matchups, is actually 4-2. Now, they hadn't played in forever particularly when you get in the state of Texas, and I might get a chance to share a little more of that. But the overall record was 4-2. and two. But uh, Nick's record, head-to-head against Ga- Gaither, and Gaither had a winning record against most of these legendary coaches. Um, Nick's record overall was 2-2. Two and two. He was 1-1 one and one in the Orange Blossom Classic for a championship, so he earned one championship against Prairie View. We got FAMU to come to Texas one time playing the Prairie Bowl, which was actually founded before the Orange Blossom Classic. Oldest bowl out there, uh, or one of them out there in terms of that history. Uh, unfortunately, unlike FAMU that found a way and a legacy to keep the Orange Blossom going, the history of these black legends and other cultures uh, were fighting to desegregate. I don't like to say integrate because there's a difference, right? Integrate is when individuals and people go both ways. They were proud of their HBCU history. They were proud of the championships they earned. They were proud of the Negro League championships, but they knew right was right. And they wanted to desegregate because they wanted to give their um, players, fans options. They had no framework that, HBCUs were little then, that they would be little. It wasn't because they wanted to play, you know, because they had something to prove it. Let's make sure we establish that real quick, because some people are confused out there. They sought to desegregate because they saw injustice. Jake Gaither was a pillar of that, and he fought, like many of the coaches, Billy Nicks, to desegregate, NCAA and NIA. The NIA opened the doors first. We see a lot of that in terms of HBCs joining that. Most of that we see on the basketball side. But it was also fought on the football side. Jake Gaither and Prairie View had great teams in 63, 64, among many other years, 50s and 60s. But the year that FAMU uh, and Prairie View had great teams, you probably could have got a bid. But they had a governor in the state of Florida that got in way. And while we've had some questions about our governors in Texas, I don't want to think y'all are outside of the norm in the deep south. We've had them too. Somehow it missed our (laughs) uh, governor Mm. at the time and probably now. And so Prairie View earned the bid. But it was because these coaches fought for that. And Prairie View actually played in the first football desegregated championship game. Unfortunately, history would have it that the quarterback uh, that was the first quarterback uh, drafted HBCU um, or not drafted, but played in the NFL, um, obviously, but wasn't allowed to play quarterback. He got hurt in the semifinals game and didn't play a great deal uh, in the finals game. And they lost to St. John's of Minnesota. Uh, Oddly enough, they canceled the Prairie View Bowl the year after that. But guess what? Both teams. Had great teams the next year, but neither one of them got a be. Hmm. So sometimes we need to understand the importance of what we had because we'll give it up for something uh, and they'll move the marker uh, as if we earned it and didn't earn it. And all of a sudden, we not only do not get the access that we deserve, but now we lost the heritage and history that we had. And that actually hmm. happened to the Prairie View Bowl a rich bowl with a lot of history. And for the great family fans out there, all you got to do is think about the history of the Orange Blossom Classic. It was just as powerful as that. And same type of matchups, oftentimes named in the championship. But to kind of sum this up, not to get too long-winded, Prairie View was 3-1 and in that OVC. Uh, 1-0 and in that Prairie View Classic. And oddly enough, we got FAMU to come to Prairie View and the campus. We'll see that again next year. As y'all returned to visit, they were 0-1. Sam, you came down and got it done. Well, let me get to this. In 1936, Prairie View won 25-0. The Panthers were 4-4-2 and, 4 and 2 at the end of that season. The Rattlers were 2-4-1, 2-2 and and in terms of conference. They did play in the Orange Blossom Classic in Jackson for that game. Um, Prairie View ultimately lost in their Prairie View vote to Tuskegee. This was the final fact. In 1937, Prairie View won 27-14 over FAMU. That was the Prairie View Bowl. That was January first, 1938. It was played in Houston. Panthers was 6-4 that year, uh, did not win the SWAT. but the SIAC champs were one, 7-1-1, one, which was FAMU, 5-0-1 and oh and in the SIAC. 1953, Prairie View one thirty-three, 33, FAMU 27, Orange Blossom Classic. That one was in Miami. This was a quintessential matchup. SIAC champs, FAMU 10-1, and 4-0 in SIAC. Prairie View comes in out of the SWAT champs, 12-0, and, and they were 6-0 in the conference. Co-National Black College Championship, Pantheon Rattlers shared also with Tennessee State. 1954, FAMU won 19-7 to 7 over my Prairie View Panthers. That was the one that was on campus in Prairie View. Another matchup between champions. The game was played in the regular season, though. SIAC champs were your rattlers, 8-1 overall, 4-0 in the SIEC. The SWAT champs were Prairie View, 10-1 overall, 6-0 in the thing. So the long loss for Prairie View that year was from the Miley Rattlers. They were co-national champions again, black college championship rallies, but they also shared, oddly enough, with North Carolina Central, Southern, and I believe gave uh, FAMU that long loss they had, as well as Tennessee State, one of those gave them the loss. 1958, Prairie View 26, FAMU 8, Orange Blossom Classic in Miami, SIAC champs again, were the FAMU Rattlers 8-1-5-0, the SWAT champs were 10-0-1, It was Prairie View, 5-0. National Black College Championship. Panthers were unanimous champions in 1958. They beat Langston in the Prairie View Bowl to cap off that fine season. Well, 1959, the Rattlers were looking for a little revenge. FAMU wins 28-7. Orange Blossom SIAC champs. Rattlers were 10-0 overall, 5-0. In the conference, SWAT was 9-2, 6-1. National Black College Championship goes to the Rattlers, and they were unanimous in 1959. So that is a little bit of history there for the Prairie and Panthers. And fam, you to let you know that you should be proud of this matchup. A lot of history. Charles brought this out of me when Jackson State and, Sam, you was showing up and showing out the last two years, opening up the season. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that Prayer View put its rightful self in the place it should be. Unfortunately, uh, in the 80s, we had a major drop-off. Nobody's excuse but us. And I think that has allowed a lot of folks to gloss over the rich history. But I thought this would be the perfect show to do it because there are not a lot of places out there like fam you that really respects their history to that level. So, thank you for that moment of time in the sun in the shine.
2: <laughs> that that's uh that's that, that's well said, doc, because yeah, I, that that little moment in the 80s, does kind of cloud people's uh perceptions a little bit uh but every every university has a uh has a has a period in, in the valley. You know, we, we certainly had ours, so we understand. Everybody has that, <laughs> period. Uh, Marcus, go ahead. i let you get in there with some questions for Dr. Charles.
5: Yes, just based on what you've observed from the teams thus far. And, and based on Charles' analysis, it sounds like uh, Coach McDowell has a little bit of frustration with, uh, I guess, some of the, I would say, I guess, my term, maybe inconsistent play. And we definitely know Coach Simmons has some, has some uh, frustrations with inconsistent play or not playing up to the capability. Who do you think gets frustrated first? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh,
1: since we're on the road, I'd say we're probably going to start out pretty focused in this game. We'll be focused. So probably FAMU, you know, and they kind of have a history of starting off slow. The scary part is, can we do enough damage when they turn on that catalytic converter and that engine? Are we enough to be able to fight them off and get it done? So I would say FAMU would show the first degree of frustration. I would say that uh, Kelvin really put it out there well when he talked about the concern of many folks that FAMU has not played up to the expectation, right? Uh, when you're seeking a championship, uh, you want to play at a very high level. You know, and I, we talked about this on Tuesday on the show. A lot of that is because of the recent memory of what Jackie State was able to do the last couple of years, that that's in the forefront, particularly when you talk about the rich history of FMU. People are looking for that protection, uh, you know, particularly with Joe Taylor, they, Billy uh, Joe for sure, uh, that they're chasing that. And. I asked Coach Simmons after the game at Texas Southern University, and he gave an interesting um, component of that. He said this day in this society is is really hard to work with young folks, not so much because they don't hear it themselves, but the world really, particularly in this country, speaks of individualism. Mm. Everything is about the individual, right? I got to get mine, you get yours. And some of the wealthiest people in this country, you know, while they may have some good benefactors that they do in humanities, but a lot about what they show out to the world is about their individualistic self. So naturally, young folks are going to seek that. Football is the antagonist of that. Mm -hmm. You really need folks to come together to play as a group uh, more than probably any other sport. Football requires that. And so you're actually, in a lot of ways, working against the norm to get young folks to do that. So even if you're talented, that is a challenge. And you're asking them to replicate that week in and week out, essentially. That's a challenge. And I think as proud fans, sometimes we don't give that enough thought. And I'm not saying that we should. I'm just giving you a framework to consider.
5: Thank you, Doug. Yeah, I, I echo Doc.
4: I mean, I think when you take a look at it, uh, I don't think there's any doubt uh, prayer view will probably come in uh, very focused. Uh, what concerns me, of course, I, I think from a frustration standpoint uh, with everything going on in the family, with homecoming festivities and things of that nature, and and just the prior history of them This started slow. It was kind of interesting to watch them this past week uh, against Texas Southern. Uh, start slower than I expected, so it was uh, uh, very interesting to kind of watch, you know, Texas Southern actually able to get some things done uh, with the running game and the things of that nature, uh, but, you know, and it's, and I, 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 when they put their foot on the gas, you know, their foot is on the gas, and it becomes a feeding frenzy, we used to talk about that uh with Jazz say a lot the past couple of years that you know one good play begets another good play begets another good play begets another and we saw that thirty one straight points. So you know Purby has to figure out some type of way to uh combat uh, the the series of good plays to, to, to kind of interrupt that because you know it becomes a feeding frenzy. So I'm 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 curious in terms of looking at that aspect of
5: it. All right well thank you.
2: Hey uh Kelvin what do you got for uh Doc and Charles?
0: both of them to speak on the season for peer review uh thus far um you know what the analysis is uh the Houston Baptist I believe game seemed like it was a, a one of those just bad games what well, what happened there but but just talk about the season so far the up and down.
4: I mean, the Christian schools have given them uh, all sorts of problems. Uh, Evelyn Christian, Houston Christian. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's a team. Uh, they, they have talent in their veteran ball club as well. They have uh, a veteran offensive line, which speaks to uh, the fact that they, you know, they, they can block the really well. I mean, they have a bevy of running eggs, starting with Ahmad Antoine. He's fifth in the slack in Russian And he didn't play in a Houston Christian game. So that was a, a chess piece that was off the board. Uh, but you also have uh, Caleb Johnson and Connor Wisham. Uh another was Jamarius Brooks who's giving them some, some great quality time uh coming off the bench. But uh I guess the frustrating part is they've had I guess penalties or they've had mishaps and just in our two times. I go back to the Abilene Christian game. You know, they moved the ball up and down the field, they got in the red zone and they had a couple turnovers in the red zone. Uh we've seen too many times this season where they would be marching and things are going great, and then inexplicably, you know, there's, you know, a mental error, a pre-snap uh, mental error. And those are the things that are really frustrating. Or one of the things, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they the, the right play is called. Uh, the guys were in position and didn't make the tackle. That is something that gets under coach uh, above McDowell's skin because, you know, he, he kind of chuckled like he can't count how many times that they've had the right something called and just the play wasn't made. And sometimes that's just a, a byproduct of football. It happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say the word of the day that you're going to get out of this that's probably going to frustrate you you're going to hear it so much. you will be like, all right, can y'all use a different framework? But it just holds <laughs> true. The inconsistency. I mean, it's just yeah. very inconsistent. And I'm saying this yeah. can be from drive to drive. Sometimes you think quarter to quarter, a half to half. It can be drive to drive. And I wonder, at some point, do they just almost have too many toys? I mean, because they have smaller receivers like uh, Kobe kavil, Brian Jenkins, that are very shifty, can catch, you know, uh, out four yard and turn it up and get you 12, 15 yards. Then they have big receivers that can go over the top and fight a defensive back and catch a t- touchdown over the air going deep. You got, a, uh, you got the quarterback, as we talk about, in terms of what he's able to do. He doesn't use his feet very often, but he's very elusive, and he, if he decides to pull it down, he can get going and get you big yards in terms of uh, on Collin. Comes from Duncanville, a very proud high school program that regularly makes uh, to the uh, 6A championship, which is the highest level here in Texas. Um, and so it's a proud program, and they finally got over the hill once he left and won the state championship after losing to the Houston uh, team north shore for like three straight years some ridiculous four years before they finally got over there. but he comes out of that program um so he has a winning mentality and a winning uh framework uh, but sometimes he'll get inconsistent in terms of passing sometimes he'll hit it and if he'll be right on the dime you would be like man where that at then he'll come back and he'll <laughs> throw it in the dirt so yeah. and the you got running backs that are powerful Sometimes the running game is going and they going and and, and Conley, you got the transfer from Valley, you got a deep backfield and then they can chew up yards. Then other times they seem to be hurt, injured, nicked up. They don't get the ball or they get the ball and they only get one or two yards. The front line is not so. Really, it is a team that has a lot of talent. And so I think if I'm a if I'm a FAMU person and I'm really looking at it and I'm looking at this team, that part would concern me. That this is a team you know, that has a lot of talent, but it hasn't been consistent, and that's probably why they were picked for. And they kind of wear that as a chip. And so I think they're going to go in this game um, trying to make a statement and saying that we for real. So it'll be interesting to see can they play at that level and how long can they play at that level. And then you get the attitude with FAMU. You know, FAMU's the type of team when they kind of get tested you know, they get a little, you know, snake bite. They, they get a little bad. And so they going to push back. And so once they push back, Prairie View has to be ready to push back again too. And obviously I'm saying within the rules of the game, but you know what I'm saying is you got to be able to give it and get it. in this yeah. matchup. And you got to get into that attitude that we're talking about. This is Texas players against Florida players. And people have a reputation to uphold in regards to what they look like.
2: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: saying, I thought we we're gonna bring it. Good point.
2: Good point. Yeah, that's good, good stuff. That's, that's, a, good that's, stuff. A good, that's a good point. That that Florida versus Texas thing. Um hey uh I you, you brought up, Doc, a little bit about uh Trazon Conley. And I, if I'm not mistaken, besides Jeremy Musa, uh Conley was one of maybe I think there were only maybe three returning quarterbacks. Uh, the other being yes. uh, Alabama State, and so you know, obviously Musa got a lot of the the uh, preseason praise. Uh, but you know, people people were really thinking that Conley, who I was just looking at the numbers, passed for like fourteen hundred yards last year, eleven touchdowns, the to six INTs, and really people thought this was going to be his year to sort of maybe come from out of nowhere or, or maybe sort of surprise some people with his production. And, and uh, even though he's thrown for already almost 1300 yards. So, I mean, by comparison, he'll probably surpass the number yardage. He's only got five touchdowns to five interceptions. So, I mean, that part is kind of underachieving. How would you describe um, his, his performance? I, if there's another word other than inconsistent, I mean, what, 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 what do you think? Those struggles for him. Come <laughs> he he won't be going to you know, the I, dictionary. I, I'm gonna keep I, it. it
1: <laughs> up and down. I think you were being kind with it, saying that he had some folks. He was off the radar, and one of the reasons is is because how he played last year. He had some really big games. I mean, I think he was the National Player of the Week last year in one game because he just lit up the ball. I mean, he just, I mean, it was ridiculous. Five touchdowns. Like three passing, two rushing, something crazy. Uh, but then he had another game where he threw multiple interceptions and just had an off game. Some of them are not always his fault. And you know, you mm-hmm. know this about quarterbacks. You've seen this with your quarterback. Some of the balls are hitting off the receiver's hand and going up in the air as if they're giving it to the other team and wonder why they have an interception. They blame it on the quarterback, but the ball hit the man in the hand. Uh, the mm-hmm. dude had an obvious bad route. Cut it short in terms of the first down, not getting to the sticks. So it's not always Trazon. I I do need to say that. Uh, But uh, Trazon is, you know, the challenge you have is the expectation at Prairie View that probably people haven't really gotten to because you don't see us chattering in the social media platforms. Uh, But there are fervent fans out there. And the expectation for prayer View, particularly with the budget they had, they think prayer View in the state of Texas with the athletes, I told you, they think prayer View should be winning. Mm. So there is a lot of concern that they're not winning at the level that many people and fans of Prairie View want them to. Uh, and so as the quarterback, you're going to get a lot of that blame, even though it's not always him, uh, to be fair to Trazon in terms of what he does. I would like to see him use his legs a little more. But I think, you know, he believes that he needs to sit back there and use his arms because that's what they tell our quarterbacks, And he probably doesn't necessarily like the idea of the dual-threat quarterback, you know, framing. But I think he would be even that much more dangerous if he uses legs. He's also dangerous that you're going to watch out for this game when he breaks out of containment in the pocket. He does look to pass the ball. So, if they're not yeah. careful and they break containment because he can run and he might give you one a game and you, he catches the linebacker sneaking up and the safeties looking in, he can beat you over the top because he'll get it there uh, in regards to that. And so that's where he also gets dangerous when he's breaking that containment, not just necessarily in the pocket, but when he breaks it one way or the other, particularly to his right as a right hander, he can make some big time plays and pick up some big yards. And he has the receivers. Um, that if they're ready to go, uh, they can beat you over the top.
4: You know, Doc, you hit on something that I was really interesting in terms of when you said uh, maybe they they have too many toys uh, because I, I think that that sometimes I, I hadn't thought about that, but that. That that seems to be an issue from time to time. I mean, uh, they he'll get something going and then uh, the, just the consistency part. I, I know we keep harping on that, but it's it's maddening because uh, you will see. Uh, you know, guys get open, things of that nature, and uh, sometimes it's taking a check down or things of that nature. But uh, yeah, th- this game, I mean, I think uh, if if Trazon can look like the Trazon Conley that um, brought his perfect team back from 17 down late in the third quarter uh, versus Texas Southern, or that eight player drive versus Alcorn, uh, they got in field goal range, they are very formidable. When I say they have the athletes, they have. Absolutely have the athletes, uh, big receivers uh, that can get over the top of the defenses, the shitty guys that uh, they can work metal. And, and they, they have a running game. They, they are a formidable team. So uh, that is, the, for me, the player that has been very frustrating watching them because you see all the pieces are there, but they just haven't quite put it together or they put it together in, in, in odd times.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Marcus, Kelvin, you guys want to get any last questions in for uh, Charles Adat?
5: Uh One quick one. I guess one of the things I noted over the summer or during the transfer period is that you got um, former uh, Valley running back Caleb Johnson. But I don't know to what degree has he been a factor in the offense. I don't see a whole lot of statistics from him. And that was one of my big concerns when I saw when the schedule came out and then I saw that he transferred to PV.
4: I think in some ways you, you still trying to figure out a, a consistent role for Caleb. Uh, and like I said, they, they've introduced a, another running back, wish uh who's a, a legit home run threat. Uh, but they've been kind of splitting carries. I think uh, Ahmad Antoine is, is the is the bell cow back. Uh, but uh, they've still been trying to, I think, work through trying to figure out how they want to use Caleb Johnson because in a lot of ways he mirrors exactly what Ahmad and Connor Wischel do in backfield.
1: Yeah, I think a little bit of injury, too, has gotten him uh, a couple of games here and there in terms of his inconsistency. Uh, I think at times the line has not blocked as well as they thought they would, Um, and so they hadn't been able to lean on the run as they thought they could, and some of that has been a little bit of the injury on the offensive line as well. Um, I think they planned early to run the ball much more, and be more effective, which would allow Caleb Johnson to be in there. He actually had one big game, but outside of that, as you said, um, he hasn't had the breakout type of game. Um, With him and Antoine being similar in terms of what they do, um, oftentimes you'll get where one kind of gets going, um, and they might switch it out, and then the other one is, is not quite lathered up. Both of these guys, to me, are guys that need to get the ball 20-some times. uh, And then they weigh on you And it's later in the game where they become more effective. And so, again, that's where I get you. We're talking about almost having too many toys. I'm not sure that we are allowing one player to be as effective as they can because you're switching them out, uh, trying to be fair to both guys or multiple guys. And it has caused some situations where we haven't been as effective as we could be. Lastly, i say on the defensive side, um, I hope y'all don't go off on your wide receivers. I see there's been some questions in terms of what you're doing with the deep ball. Uh, But we've had some concerns with our cornerback play a little bit. Obviously, it's early, and so I don't think the coaches, they're probably looking at the tape. So I'm not putting anything out there. But that's probably been one of the toughest spots in terms of our defense. Uh, People being able to get a couple of big plays over the top in games. Um, and so that's a concern of mine in this matchup. So I'm really interested to see how Ahmad Robinson um, and these guys will end up playing in terms of what they do uh, from the
4: defensive backs uh, during this match. Yeah. Yeah. I've that. I think getting to the quarterback has been an issue for uh, a View's defensive line as well. Uh, only 10 sacks thus far in the season. So uh, they just haven't been able to put a lot of pressure uh, on on quarterbacks and that's put pressure I'm
2: going to put pressure on the secondary. Um, Kelvin, you want to jump in there? Any any last questions or any comments? Anything you want to add?
0: But both teams sound very similar uh mm-hmm. thus far. <laughs> uh I mean you sound like us <laughs> a right. lot. but uh doc, I wonder if you have any insights to why we've only played like six times, and 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 as you chronicle that. It seems like it was mostly in bowl games or championship matchups, and that was mostly the only time we played. But you know, 50 some years was a long time not to play, 60 uh, some years. So, why do you Great think question. that is?
1: Great question. I think early on, the reason it was probably natural is the challenge with travel. You know, at that time, they were traveling by train. Obviously, you had the desegregation issues where you stayed, they stayed on campus. At that time, usually in uh, old dorm, or oftentimes they would literally stay in the gym on cots. Uh, historically, if you think about it, in the modern era, what also happened is you had expansion. So, as you noticed when I was talking about those conference records, you know, people were winning the conferences with you know six games, you know, 5 and 0, uh, six and 0. So the conferences weren't very big. So early on, you could play more non-conference games. So with Prairie being in SWAC, Family being in SIAC, uh, you could play some more non-conference. As you start getting into the '70s and the '80s, the conference expand. Fam, you going to the MEAC, and you talking about seven, eight. Before long, '89, you had nine teams. So you are talking about eight game schedule. Same thing with the SWAC, seven, eight game schedule, right? And which means at that time you are playing 10, 11 games. You only have three non-conference games. You were going to play, you know, an FBS team. You're going to play your rival, which was Tennessee State for FAMU, right? And so it started being harder to get each other on the schedule, and then I think it really fell apart when we took our huge dip. And when we kind of raised, obviously, FAMU was taking a dip. So the ability to play in create that history and arrival dissipated because of those three different things, conference expansion, the distance, and then just the dip in the plate uh, institutions at various times. Great
2: question. Uh, Great point. Uh, I, I just thought we, we've been talking all this time. We we haven't really talked about the, the relationship of Willie Simmons to Prairie View and the fact that uh, he, he, that was his first, that was his first job as a head coach. I mean, coming from Alcorn as offensive coordinator to Prairie View, and, and then leaving Prairie View to come to FAM. Uh, what? What are? What's your? What's your? I mean, how big of a hurt was that? Uh, obviously, the the departure. But but maybe, what I, are some things? That's a that's some, a really important
1: question when you talk about it. I don't think the term you could use with Prairie would hurt because he was only there three years. So folks were just kind of getting to learning. He jumped out on that first year and went, you know, like eight and three, had the long loss to Gremlin, or they would have been fighting for a championship, um, obviously. So, you know, I had a great relationship with Simmons. You know, I hated to see him go. I knew he was going to go well, do well at FAMU. I knew it was just a matter of time where he would have had prairie view in the championship regularly uh so i was concerned obviously had a great relationship with ashley a lot of credit to ashley for making him the coach there were some folks that had concerns some of the old school prairie view wanted a prairie view guy to kind of get the job uh he was smart he kept kj black on his staff when he was there and actually took kj black with him which hurt a lot of us in terms of that because uh, uh, K.J. Black is probably a coach that a lot of folks would have liked to see coaching. Some of them wanted him over Bubble. I thought it may have been a tad bit early, but he's certainly ready now if it doesn't work out with Bubba. Uh, but that was part of that in regards to what took place. And credit to FAMU. Um, it was going home. Um, and so people really couldn't be too mad. Now, there's some deep-rooted Prairie View folks that are all Prairie View, just like FAMU. So they don't think anybody should see uh, any place greater than (laughs) the green, God greens, purple, and gold earth that you got to pray with So they were mad. And once he left, they were ready, good riddance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, (laughs) And turned the chapter really uh, to Dooley, which I thought was another great hire. And oddly enough, he essentially went home, if you would, to Southern. So we've been make-bitten, if you allow me to use that word, uh, in terms of getting I like great, great coaches, <laughs> exactly getting great coaches that essentially gone home. Uh, obviously, Simmons has had a, a little more success than Dooley has recently, but hell, Dooley went to the championship two straight years. Last year, Prairie View; first year at Southern. Uh, so it's fascinating to see what that looks like. The other thing that was unique during that time frame: we've changed athletic directors, or VPs of athletics during that time which is some disjointed, which obviously, fam, you can relate to that as well. And you know how that inconsistency can play out in athletics, particularly with football, which really needs to be everybody being on the same page. So there are a lot of similarities in a lot of ways between these programs, but I think that is a hidden jewel to look at his old team coming back to take him on. Now, there's a few players on this team that had him. You know, most of them are duly players or bubble are players, right? Uh, but there's some of them that remember that and they, they want to do well for their former coach and let him know that they didn't necessarily like that he left. They understood it. These are smart kids. Uh, they understood it, but they want they want to be able to make a statement as well. So that's going to be fascinating. I can tell you this, though. The fan the fans want to give it to Simmons. They want to make sure that they meet him out there. Now, this I'm is passionate. what I told Simmons. I said, we're going to be in the championship game uh, and so I won't see if y'all gonna join us. Looks like I'm gonna lose that bet, and that's where a lot of that steak conversation comes from. That you hear <laughs> on the media thing—that's kind of what that reference is. Because we would meet annually as he was a coach here, and I would take him out to a steak dinner just to tell him thank you for the work he was doing. And so we kind of put a stake on that. I also told him that we're gonna get to Atlanta first at celebration, boat, meaning prayer. <laughs> And it looks like he's going <laughs> to beat me on that. So it might be two stakes. So he. <laughs> two stakes. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all tell him to hit the exercise machine. But we're going to see if we can put an L on it before he uh, gets the championship, either now or certainly when we return back over there uh, for the SWAT championship game.
2: I, I, I Charles you, uh, and Doc,
0: I have not heard anybody, including coaches or players, say anything about being a homecoming opponent. Is there any uh, chatter, on, on, you know, about that? Yes. Oh,
1: me Because the new swag schedule puts that in the way. It just happens. You can't right. escape anybody. Right. You've seen this conference matchup to matchup with some natural right. rivals, some new rivals. You can't get away with it. It's gonna happen. But it doesn't mean coaches won't use it as excuse. The players are using their excuse. <laughs> Because you got to remember, there was a time in history where Prayer View was falling in the most recent uh, framework of Valley. And I need to be careful. I put Valley. We finally got a little revenge on them. But Valley uh, stood in the way the last two years. So as Mike would say, Valley, Valley, I'd be like, don't say that no more. Don't say that no more. (laughs) But Prayer View for a while was homecoming back.
0: So they have taken it back. And as they
1: went on to win and reestablish the program, um, people stop putting them on the schedule for homecoming. So for Fam quote unquote the new kid on the block to put us as homecoming, yeah, that's some folks that feel a little something about that.
2: Um mm. uh, Charles, anything you want to add there on the uh, on on the Simmons uh on the Simmons front or or anything you, you mentioned you mentioned you you know the homecoming talk is out there.
4: Well, I always wonder what if. Uh, because from talking to Coach Simmons, I remember him saying that, um, uh, he had some interest in a particular job in Jackson, and at that time, Jackson State went with Harold Jackson at the time, so there was a chance that he could yeah. have not gone to Prairie, he could have been that's right, coach at Jackson State.
2: Well, you got the a- there. That's, that's
4: why I was over here chuckling. I was like. Mm wonder one what if
2: <laughs> it's, it's funny it's funny how that all funny how that all work plays itself out right yeah, um exactly imagine all right if so,
1: left jackson state for fam you but you talking about
4: oh my, oh my god oh my god oh
2: miserable yeah oh. oh. uh That'd be all right Britain. yeah i know i know all right, let me let me okay. So I'll get you out of here on this, guys. Uh, how if if Prairie View were to be successful on Saturday, how would it happen? Charles and then Dot,
4: they've got to get uh, some hands on Jeremy Musa. I think that is the big thing. I think when you take t- took a look at that uh Texas Southern game, they were in and around him early. Uh, and it just threw the timing of the offense off. I think that's going to be huge for Prairie, that is to try to create some sort of pressure uh, to, to try to get to Jeremy Musa. because uh, although I think, fam, you established that running game, it didn't happen until the second half of the Texas Southern game. So I, for, for me, it's got to be putting some hands on Jeremy Musa, throwing that uh, offense out of rhythm, and let the homecoming festivities kind of take their uh, natural Course of things and you just let it play out. You gotta, gotta play full course. <laughs> I like that
1: one. I put number two. They got to do the time of possession, meaning they have to be able to run the ball. They have to keep the ball out of FAMU hands where they become even more disjointed. Point. If you do that, if you let FAMU get in the rhythm, uh, things get to going for them and then they can even run the ball on them. So you got to make sure that you stay on the field, running the ball, short pass plays, getting some yaks after catches, and and then making sure you're putting the points on the board, more touchdowns than field goals, but at least getting some points at the end of the day. And the third thing, uh, as we always say, is the turnover. Uh, You cannot turn the ball over at homecoming uh, on the road. You just can't do it. So they got to find a way to hold the rock and um, not turn the ball over. So I agree with number one Charles, and that would be my two and three things. That yeah. Prairie View, if they're successful at those three things, they should win the
2: game. Mm. All right. Um, Charles, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you, uh, or you, you pass the word along to the young men of, uh, of Prairie View uh, to watch out for the distraction committee on the sidelines, try to keep their focus <laughs> on <forward. laughs> <laughs> I did my work.
0: They've been uh, active already. Don't tell, them, don't tell them nothing. Don't tell
4: them <laughs>
2: nothing.
0: They, they've
4: already picked <laughs> off one. My oh, goodness.
2: Hey, yeah, good. I
4: got the whole playbook. I know.
1: Yeah, I turned it over. Coach Bubba McDowell, he got it.
2: Well, look, you 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 all may find out like rambling in UAPB in the two previous years, but uh they, uh, it, it will be, will be Don't hard to focus. Like Don't
1: talk ugly. Don't talk uh, ugly. No, I, <laughs> get <off the> show.
2: <laughs> I got y'all. Hey, come, um. Come, nah, come, no, come and get some I, barbecue. Yeah, make and sure. Some you, beverages. Yeah, make sure you, make sure you, hey, make yeah, sure you stop gonna by. we're going to
1: go ahead and go down there and get this game. We're going to run the table and we'll find, we'll be gracious hosts. We'll bring you back. Come on down here to Greater Houston. We'll sit you in the hotels, feed you some steak. And then we'll come over there and give you, and, after the and, view, and give you a, give a nice stadium our stadium, a and real barbecue. We'll send you back home, and we'll head
2: to Atlanta. See, look at that, boy. you gracious <laughs> swag, folks. See, at least, at least, at least, y'all gonna feed us. You know, them folks from Jackson State, they don't want to feed us. You know, at least, <laughs> at least y'all going to feed us. Nasty jokers. Hey, don't draws, no offense, Charles. No But they'll feed you. They don't feed southern. The family
1: you made us that.
2: They fed us, yeah. They us up yeah. for the run. Yeah, don't feed Southern and fam. Yeah. <laughs> uh everybody make sure you guys check out uh the uh Dr. bills Playoff Sports They still haunted by the playoff league. <laughs> uh Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday night, seven Eastern, six central, right here on the Black College Sports Network, and uh Sunday mornings, 10 Eastern. uh uh, nine central and that's your your best recap your first recap of saturday's hbcu games so uh hopefully doc and charles uh won't be too down on sunday morning and we'll get a chance to see them uh looking fresh and spry uh ready to deliver uh the news to anybody who missed it all right uh Guys, we One last thing before you oh, yeah, go us off, Brian,
1: I do want to go say ahead. this about the ONG. I'm really proud of what y'all doing, Kelvin. Mark is doing great work. Obviously, Brian, work with you. Keep up the great work. It's important. Obviously, we started the 1876 Sports and Culture after this show uh, and after the pregame show, so it's important that these shows are out here for the individual institutions. We try to do it, obviously, uh, as a whole, but what you all are doing in a lot of ways is just as important if not more important and y'all do a great job i come on here all the time to support and listen and learn and so i appreciate the work you do i know it's a labor of love and a lot of labor that people may not really understand the efforts that y'all put in and a lot of it is financially out of your own back pocket because we're not necessarily at a position where we're getting that money over the top we have enough to get it done and we appreciate those sponsors uh but great work and keep up the great work
2: Appreciate you. You. Appreciate, Appreciate, it, you Appreciate you, guys. Appreciate you guys. All the beat up when they to you,
1: setting you
2: up. Dana. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, hey, we'll, we'll see you guys in Tallahassee, and uh, safe travels, and uh, and we'll chat. Uh, we'll chat a little bit later. Don't forget tomorrow night, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. Uh, Doctor Caville's is inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Breaking down uh, the rest of the games going into this weekend uh, across the uh, HBCU diaspora. So, uh, Doc Charles, thank you. Appreciate you guys and uh, everybody else. Hang in there. We're going to take a short break. Watch this great homecoming video to uh, to get inspired for this upcoming weekend. And we'll come back and finish up the show. With us volleyball talk and some predictions for this upcoming weekend, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black K-N-G, College. g we go way back, baby.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Florida and we're gonna bring you back a victory
0: to Jackson. Yeah.
3: Yeah. What? What'd you say, not <laughs> <laughs> And you a plump fool.
2: I hit the wrong button there. I welcome back to the I, love I didn't mean to. I mean, I know I'm a I didn't mean to put Chuck out there twice. Uh, Ong strike zone uh, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Brian, uh, Marcus, Kelvin. Uh, that video uh, shout out. I guess a lot of that a lot of that stuff. HBCU go, famu. i again. Whoever put that together, man. I got to chill. I almost got a tear thinking about just. Every homecoming that I've been to as an undergrad, and then the few that I came to as a grad, the more recent one—I mean, that video just—it make it makes your mouth salivate, brings it, yeah. Stir I, it up,
0: stirred it up, it
2: stirs up the emotions, yeah. man. That that video, that thing should be played all over the internet, and I would encourage all of y'all. Uh, that video is all over social media, so if you don't have it. Go to our feed, retweet it, man. Share it with your friends. Let them know. Post it on your, on your socials. Let people know that this is what homecoming is like. The greatest homecoming in the universe. And we ain't got to have the, the, the on earth. We the greatest, greatest homecoming in the universe. I just put it out there like that. So, uh, the experience this weekend, happy homecoming Rattlers, um, all right, let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, if we can. We gotta we gotta do a quick recap here before we get into the, to the uh, football talk to uh, to go into this weekend and wrap up the show. We gotta talk about the volleyball, uh, the volleyball situation. Uh situation is what we're gonna call it. Um unprecedented territory for our Lady Rattlers as we've lost two games in a row uh for the first time in SWAC play. And to both Alabama schools in in unprecedented territory. Because we had never lost at Alabama State before. And we had never dropped a set to Alabama A&M before. Both happened over the weekend. As you can see, uh, we lost the State three games to one. Alabama State is unbeaten right now in in the swag, So uh, they are starting to separate and really kind of making a strong case that they will be the one seed in the tournament. Uh, the first set in which FAMU won, we never trailed that one 25 to 20, but the next three, uh, they just put it on us. Uh, 18 to 25, 16 to 25, and 16 to 25. I mean, we weren't even really in those. Uh, Brooklyn Watts had a team-high 14 kills. Brooke Hudson had a team-high 10 digs. Emerald Jacobs finished uh, with eight kills and eight digs. But what I found interesting in the Alabama State game, guys, Alabama State had nine aces. Those are service aces. We only had one. Uh, And for those who are unfamiliar, an ace is a serve that goes unreturned, essentially. Uh, Alabama State had eight blocks in the match to our four and we committed 22 errors to Alabama State's 15 so just not the just not what we are used to seeing but uh you know this team has uh this team's this team has to find themselves here as they start the second half of the SWAC regular season. And then, of course, the loss 3-2 to to Alabama A&M. As I mentioned, I went back and looked at the history. We were up 2-0 on Alabama A&M. So, again, the five previous times we had played Alabama A&M, we had never given up a set to them. And we were on our way to doing it again. And then something happened in that third set. We lost 22-25. Then we lost 19-25. to And then lost 13-15 to in the fifth set. Uh, Alabama A&M had 67 kills to our 49. We committed 26 errors to their 20, um, and it was the eighth, fifth set. Uh, How do I say that? The eighth time that we've had a match go five sets. Uh, we're three and five in those, and 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 four of the five losses have been by two points. So it's like we're right there. And then one play in that 14th point, you know, with the, with essentially the score tied at 13, something happens, and we just kind of end up losing those last two points. And, I mean, those four games, I mean, a couple of those were against some uh, <laughs> uh, Division One opponents. And, uh, yeah. So, you guys, any, any thoughts there on the past weekend for volleyball?
5: Well, yeah, I um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, we lost. Well, Dominique Washington graduated. And then, um yeah, two times, Ozzie, Ozzie Jones, yeah, Osher Jones didn't come back. So we had some some experience and some heightened athleticism that that left. And we had four to five freshmen come in. So we knew it's going to I wouldn't quite call it a rebuild, but we knew there was going to be some retooling. So we're still looking to find ourselves. And I think with our record this year, we've probably had more conference losses this year than we had the last two years combined. If my memory serves, I think we only lost one game each year in the regular season. Yes. Or one match. So I I guess we went 15 and one or whatever, how many wherever we play in the conference for 21 and 22. So, but, we do have five freshmen, and I think um, Ayani Sanford has been newcomer of the year at least twice, maybe three times. And so we're still getting acclimated. We have youth, and it looks good for the future. And I'm not cashing in the season because we can finish out strong and still make a run through the tournament. But this is an a opportunity for growth and improvement and see where we are and just go from there.
2: Uh, anything you want to add there,
0: uh, Kelvin? Yes, this must be about the fourth or fifth game where we were up 2-0 and couldn't close the team out. So, you know, that's kind of been a thing since the beginning of the season, frankly. And and I believe uh, Marcus pointed out some real, really important points about the youth of the team and learning to play at the level and the expectations of, 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 uh, of our program with its history of being dominant um, you know, it's just going to take time with this team. The other thing I would say, two things that kind of stand out to me, and you hit on one of them. Uh, we we have a lot of errors. You know, when we when things go wrong, it takes a set, of, a couple of sets sometimes for us to get back on track. Uh, we have we we tend to have a really bad set or two. Um so, and, and if you look at it, it points two things that that are pointed out. The errors and, and and the serving percentage, mm-hmm. uh, hitting percentage, and just in general, they they tend to be real low when we drop sets, and, 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 and within that set, when it's going bad, we don't seem to have the build the resiliency that teams in the past have to fight through and then impact that will. So you know, I just tribute to a new team, young team. Uh, they they still playing well, but they but as as uh, Charles and Doc say, and and, and so has Coach Simmons, inconsistency. Yeah, that's been our biggest. That's been our biggest issue.
2: Well, and you know what's funny is, even with that inconsistency, we're still bringing you know Player of the Week honors, whether it be this young lady right here, Camila de la Rosa, who earned her fourth SWAC honor of the season. And, again, a Rattler has been in the SWAC Player of the Week honors every week this season, nine weeks. Every week there's been uh, – it's either been Camila De La Rosa, Brooke Hudson, Iana Sanford, Brooklyn Watts, um, uh, you know, and for, you know, De La Rosa, uh, she recorded a double-double in the Alabama a and game with 16 digs, 34 assists, also had three blocks in that contest um, you know, and so she's, she's doing it all kinds of ways, not only as a setter. and I, and I'm I see a couple people, people uh, Kylan with some great comments about our defense and whether we have the defense to be able to overcome this year. Uh, you mentioned Aja Jones, you know, that being a, a, a big loss. Um, but I kind of thought we, you know, it, It's interesting when you sort of have to rebuild, which look, we we lost some really talented players and we replaced them with talented players. But it's while while we've done that, guess what everybody else has done? They've gotten better as as case in point. When you go and look at the standings and I think that's the next slide I got. Okay, well, that's the players of the week there uh, for Camilla De La Rosa as well as the uh, folks from Alabama AM and State. But when you look at these volleyball standings, look at where we are and look who's in front of us. I mean, these are teams that we were smoking the last couple seasons, right? State, Prairie View, Alabama A&M, Jackson State. I, I mean, the rest of the conference has gotten better. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. But it's like the rest of the conference has raised their game up and you know it's kind of left us right now in fifth place. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of interesting. We we we're six and four. Um, you know I think again we we split with Alabama A and M. Uh, we beaten Jackson State once. I believe we beaten Prairie View once, and then we've been swept by Alabama State, and then Texas Southern, who we're tied with we've lost to them once so that the tournament seeding is going to be interesting I, I think obviously you want to be i don't think it matters side. for us though you don't think so you don't think it matters to be on the other side of the bracket from state you think it's just get there
0: uh, for, for us i mean we have played state we know how they play we want a set against them um both times yeah um so so Anybody outside of state, we are already confident that we can beat. Um, so I really don't think for us, for other teams it'll matter. But for us, I don't think where we where we sit is going to matter as much. What we do need to do though is to finish the season strong and going on, on a win streak, close out the season, mm-hmm. get some momentum going into the tournament.
5: Now, one thing I would I would add just came to my mind uh, in terms of our team. And I haven't looked at the stats, so I haven't really looked at our team and the conference as a whole. But it seems like Brooklyn Watts has been kind of quiet the last few weeks. I mean, she was was, um, SWAC player of the week at least once, maybe twice early in the season. But it seems like after that tournament in South Carolina, where I think she may have gotten – she may have stayed home for whatever reason. I don't know. It seems like the same – performance level and perhaps once again it may be elevated expectations uh based on her preseason accolades and last year's splash that it seems like it, it hasn't been to the same level that's not a criticism of her it just seems like the, I, there's been a marked difference and and it gets highlighted by her absence conspicuous as it is from the all the Swack weekly players of the week the last couple weeks. And she's arguably arguably our, one of our best players between her and Brooke Hudson. And I mean, actually, we've got quite a few. But if all four of them are, are at the same time, you know, then we're pretty much on point. But it seems like Brooke's been a little quiet for whatever reason.
2: Well, it, But hold on. Maybe, maybe it's more so what other teams are doing. Maybe it's more so it's we true. just have a dynamic uh, setter, uh, libero, and Giannis uh, Sanford, uh, she, what is she, an outside? So she, so uh, but what I'm saying is, I think some other schools, like if you go back and look, you know, I don't know about the stats, but the young lady there from Alabama A&M, I got to imagine. She oh, yes. Yeah, she, she won that award probably based on her performance against us in that 3-2 set. I mean, where the team had. What was it? What I say they had 67, 67 kills. Yes. And I, bet, I bet you she I mean, I didn't look at the stats. I could, but I bet you anything you go and look at her kills and she probably had over half, if not two thirds or uh, maybe a solid half of those kills. I bet went to her. And then the uh, the young the young lady who's the setter from Alabama State. She just got to the 2000 career mark I saw as a post repost from the SWAC. So, you know, it, it It may just be, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what the SWAC players of the week are because our young ladies are in the hunt, uh, Camila De La Rosa, Brooke, uh, Hudson, and Watts, even though she may be playing well for us, just compared to the rest of the conference, other people are just having better days or better matches. Uh, you mm-hmm. know?
5: And she's leading the team, our team in points by a wide wide margin. Yeah. By 70 points.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't, it's always interesting when you kind of try to analyze uh, a sport like volleyball When really, you know, and I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm am i I'm a novice at understanding what I'm looking at. I mean, but you know, I, I can just go by numbers and I can watch and go by numbers and, 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 and go from there. So, you know, that's something to pay attention to. Here, this upcoming weekend, there's a cluster, another cluster of games, and the Rattlers are taking these uh, next three matches in Daytona Beach. So these games will be played on the, it looks like our first one is on the 29th, which is Sunday. So no conflict with homecoming. Uh, we take on Alcorn Sunday morning, and then later in the day, we take on UAPB, and then on Monday, we take on Grambling. Uh, conceivably, you would think, based on, again, the standings, that we could go 3-0. and We probably should go 3-0. and We probably should sweep all three, but... I, at this point, you know, we, we haven't closed oh, out. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, we, let's just see how it plays out mm-hmm. and, and and take it one, one match at a time. That's what these ladies are going to have to do. So, again, uh, if you can get to Daytona Beach, and I don't know whether this is at mm, Bethune-Cookman or if this is at one of the arenas or somewhere at Daytona. I probably should have researched and looked at it. But I'm looking at the times, and I think this is – it feels like these are like a multi-court facility. I mean, you know, you got two matches starting at the same time. So it kind of – I had to do a little research and try to figure out where these matches are being played. Um, So just in case you want to travel out to Daytona or if you're uh, leaving Tallahassee and you want to go check out these matches, I'm sure – uh, you can do that as well. All right.
5: Now, one thing, we're getting a lot of promotion. I see from um, NCAA.com. Uh, oh, they yeah. They had Michaela Chester, their volleyball beat reporter, swing through, I think, earlier in the season. But it seems like at least once a week, maybe twice a week, they're parsing out the footage and interviews they had from that from their visit. So I've seen at least one, maybe two video clips on Instagram this week from ncAA.com from their official website. And of course Family Athletics has retweeted it. But once again that's good promotion for our program.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's a good point. So I mean when they were in town it looks like they they recorded a few different things and have like you said repurposed it uh over the course of uh the last few weeks. So I there was a the special with Brook Hudson uh, good to hear her her thoughts and comments on why she chose to come to FAMU and what that experience was like for her. And I think they had Brooklyn Watts previously prior to the feature they did with Hudson. So, mm-hmm.
5: And actually this week they released like a, um, I don't know, mic'd up segment with, um, gosh, I've forgotten uh, Miss Todd. I can't remember her first name. Let's see. Kalia Todd. Okay. So I think they released that this week. And I don't know if they had one or two segments with uh, Brooke Hudson, but I saw one earlier this week as well. So I don't know if it's part two or if they just refreshed the one from a couple weeks ago, but they've had different segments with different players that they've promoted from their official website, which is always good.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So uh, that's the volleyball report. All right. Let's sort of, let's kind of just uh, come back to the football and kind of begin to wrap up the show with that. Uh, Of course, these are the scores from this past week. Um, Nothing too much in terms of drama, kind of interesting. Jackson State, 21 to Uh, six. It's it's hard to go to Mississippi Valley, I guess, huh? Must be really hard to get a win on the road in Mississippi Valley. Everybody, you know.
5: I watched a little bit of that. Valley had chances they squandered.
2: Uh, well, Valley, Valley is Valley. I
5: mean, I mean Jackson State. I mean, definitely played. I'm not. I'm not putting. I'm not downplaying Jackson State's play, but I think it was. It was pretty. Com- it could have been more competitive, but the penalties and miscues on on Valley's part didn't keep it as competitive as it could have been. But it was basically 7-0, 14-0 for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, went to UAPB 131-7 to on their homecoming. Looked pretty impressive. A uh, Good crowd there at UAPB. 13,000. I think they were about 80% capacity of that stadium. So even though UAPB is not having a great season, uh, it was good to see that people showed up. Uh, Southern taking on Bethune-Cookman. In all ooh, I want to say not Alta, Is it All Tell? Stadium in Jacksonville where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. This time it would be the Southern Jaguars with a 28 to 18 victory. Um also uh that was pretty much a twenty one to ten or twenty one to eleven lead. It got they got a late score there. Uh, there's your SWAC standings through week eight. Of course, you know, as mentioned, I said, FAMU's magic number is two. Uh, they essentially need to win against Prairie View, who is sitting at first in the West. And Alabama A&M needs to lose this upcoming week. And then FAMU will own the tiebreaker over Jackson State and Alabama State with two games to play. And Alabama A&M would have three conference losses. So that would pretty much... Eliminate them and FAMU could win the West. And basically, uh, fellas, by the the, according to the time of these games, essentially, by the conclusion of the Magic City Classic, by the fourth quarter of the game, Saturday, we could know whether we are Eastern – division champion. So that's just to kind of something to be scoreboard watching and, and be thinking about. But uh, Coach Marv, I'll answer your question here in just a moment. Appreciate you coming in and joining us, uh, the homework assignment. I, I, I've done the homework. I If you were watching Doc show last night, uh, did I? No, I didn't give it on Doc show. So yeah, I got the homework assignment done, coach. I, I'll give it to you here in just a moment. Um, But we got a full week of SWAT games. This is the first full schedule. All six games, all 12 teams playing each other. This week and next week are the only two weeks in the season that you get uh, six games uh, all playing uh, against each other. As you can see, the schedule there. Bethune is traveling to Grambling State. That game is going to be on HBCU Go uh these these times are central time so of course make that 3 eastern uh another battle another battle in the state of Mississippi Valley travels to Alcorn that's a 2 central 3 eastern uh similar time Jackson State traveling to UAPB that'll be on ESPN plus of course the magic city classic is that game that'll be played in Birmingham between Alabama AM and Alabama State that's 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern. Our contest against Prairie View will be featured on ESPNU, 3 Central, 4 Eastern. And then the final game, 4 Central, 5 Eastern, Texas Southern traveling to Southern. One thing I didn't realize that Southern had, or that Texas Southern had beaten Southern the last couple seasons. So that's got Southern fans a little nervous. Uh, as well. Uh any any games what's 12 what's 12 p.m pacific. Oh uh that's uh which with that's that's what time yes if you're on the Pacific coast uh Karen yeah that's you'll be you'll be watching the family game around noon <laughs> so noon your time all right uh I don't think there's I mean I don't know how you guys feel about the picks Here, I I think the only game that really is of interest, and I don't know if you're, if you see, well, let's Magic City Classic, Marcus, Kelvin. Let's let's just kind of, I don't think there's an upset in any of these, but we can run through the horn. There's the game schedule, so we'll do the five games around us. Let's go around the horn. Let's go quickly to uh to these games. Bethune at Grambling on HBCU Go. Marcus, who you got? Grambling, Kelvin. Gremlin. I'll. Uh, Grambling's on a buy. Uh, call me crazy. I'm going. I'm crazy. Going Bethune off a of buy or off a of, off of a bad <laughs> Yeah, I said it. Call me crazy. I'm going, I'm going Bethune. I don't. I don't trust Grambling. Anyway, Valley at Allcorn. Who you got, Marcus? Allcorn. Calvin. Allcorn. I got Allcorn as well. Jackson State at UAPB. Who you got, Marcus? Jackson. Kelvin. The love. You know, and, and, and they don't think and they don't think we have any love for them. I'm going Jackson State as well. Uh, Magic City Classic, Alabama AM. Coach Connell Maynard has only lost to Alabama State one time, which was last year, and he had a lead going into the fourth quarter before that game was lost. So Marcus AM or Alabama. I'm gonna
5: have to go with AM. I don't know. they they're really seem like they've turned the corner, and I'm not sure if I trust Alabama State's offense. Mm.
0: Kelvin. I watched uh Alabama AM and and I believe it was Gremlin. And they the new quarterback that a- AM is featuring is a runner. He ain't a great runner, but he's a big guy, and it, it seemed to catch Gremlin off guard. They just didn't adjust to it. Outside of that, the offense was very pedestrian. I I think I'm a I trust Alabama State defense more than I trust Alabama a and I'm offense. Plus, this is a get back game. Uh, you know, a and has found ways to win. I think the last couple of times, and uh, Eddie Robinson needs this W so. I'm going to go with uh, Alabama State. But it's going to be a close game.
2: I'm rooting for Alabama State. I, I want us to be able to wrap up. So I'm am I, I, going with Alabama State for selfish reasons, even though Connell Maynard seems to have uh, kind of owned this series. But I'm going with uh, Alabama State. I'm going with the team that's got the better defense in this contest. So let me go with Alabama State. And then we get a chance to – to wrap up the uh SWAT division. Texas Southern at Southern. Uh Texas Southern didn't look too shabby last week and we've we've seen both of these opponents. Who do you got, Marcus?
5: I'm gonna pick Southern at home. I mean I don't know but it's going to be, cl- if if um and I can't remember the young man's name, if the running back. I mean, I know Southern has a good run defense. They showed it, and I don't know where they are statistics. Darius Owens. But of, uh, but if, Southern, he, yeah. if he comes out and has the similar success, and it's going to be a tough game, but I'm going I'm to go with Southern.
2: Owens has done it the last two weeks. Did it against Bethune, did it against us. Uh, You know, he's done it. Mar- uh, Kelvin, who you got?
0: And he's, a, he's not a big guy. He's very thin, as a matter
2: of fact. But
0: he's a hard runner, and he uh, got a burst to him. I, I like him. This is going to be a close game, but because Southern has home, I'm going to go with Southern.
2: Yeah, I I would like to think Texas Southern as well, but I, I do think the edge to Southern. And the fact that they've lost to the Texas Southern the last two times, I think, the last two years yeah. in a row, I think there will be a little heightened sense of awareness with uh with this game. I think Southern will come in uh, a, a little more prepared than maybe previous years. All right. Bold prediction time. Uh, Prairie view at uh, FAMU. I saw somewhere earlier that the, this was a, I think the Reddit FCS Twitter handle had, had made his, made the line 19 and a half points to which, I was like, where are you getting that line from? How in the heck do you think we are going to beat Prairie View by 19 and a half points? But anyway, I'll be interested to see if and what the number comes out at. But uh, any bold predictions? What's your bold prediction for this contest, Marcus? And I don't recall, by the way, what we did last week. So Yeah, I was going to ask
5: you where we stood. I thought... um... (sighs) I'm trying to – I think mine was 150 yards and two TDs.
2: I'd have to go back and look, check the tape. I'll check the tape. I don't know. I don't know what, what it was. I didn't write it down. Sadly. <sighs> My, mine, was yard mine was a
0: 100-yard rusher.
2: Mine was a 100-yard rusher. Oh, a 100-yard rusher. One individual. Okay, well, you were about 17 off of that. Uh, Kelvin Dean went yeah. too far away. Yeah, I don't even remember what mine was. But anyway, we'll go back and check it. So go ahead, Marcus. Your bold prediction for this contest.
5: That's a great question. Um, my bold prediction, we actually score over 31 points.
2: There you go. That's bold, given the fact that 31 is been our ceiling. That is bold. <laughs> that is definitely bold. Uh, what do you got, Kelvin?
0: I trust our defense more. So, first shutout of the year.
2: Mm. You know what? I think that was my bold prediction last week. That was. I think I I predicted us to hold Texas Southern to under seven points. And uh, sure enough, that didn't – we gave that one away real quick. So, you're going with a shutout, huh?
0: Mm.
2: Going with a shutout.
0: Homecoming.
2: Hey. Hey. Hey, look, if if Houston Baptist or Houston Christian can get a shutout, you know, you got to think the best defense in FCS or one of the best defenses in FCS might be likely, huh? Is that the the mindset there? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bold, bold, very bold. Okay, my bold prediction. We haven't heard his name called a lot. Jamari A. I don't feel like we have, especially not going into the end zone. So I'm going to go Jamari Sharid with two touchdowns. One as a special teams, most likely punt return. I don't think he does a lot of work on the kick return game. So most likely a punt return touchdown. And then I'm going Sharid with a pass reception touchdown. Now I'm also putting an asterisk because if he scores off a jet sweep, I'm taking that one in two, so I'm basically I'm, I'm saying an, off, yeah, no, an offensive. Okay, so let me clarify. you cooking the books. Okay, an <laughs> offensive touchdown. There you go. That that covers every possible way. Okay, except for if he throws a passing touchdown, I'm not going to count that because that doesn't, you know, trick trick plays. I'm I, I'm not going to be that bold. So I'm going special teams touchdown, and a uh, and an offensive touchdown. Uh let's see. Kylan, Kylan says Musa running for 45 yards and a score. Hey, you know, now that's bold. Mm. That's bold. That's that's Just definitely kidding. bold. Yeah, that's bold. Okay. Um, let me do one thing. I'm gonna go back and answer a question here. Coach Marvin asked me the other day, asked me how many HBCUs have had back to back, undefeated regular seasons. Uh now this, this, this is football. Yeah. Football. Now this came from, we were talking, I think on Sunday show about Benedict college, Benedict, uh, kind of interesting hearing that coach Simmons and. Chennis Berry, the head coach of Benedict have been having these phone conversations. That's, that was kind of some interesting. Intel, which kind of came out over the last uh, day or so, uh, two, two of the top teams, two top coaches, uh, having phone conversations. But anyway, so after doing the research in the modern era, now what we define as modern era is since Ed, we de- we decided since Eddie Robinson retired, which was mid-90s, right? Didn't Eddie Robinson retire in the mid-90s?
5: I think so, 97? I'm guessing. Six,
2: six, five, somewhere in there, I think. So I, I, that's what I'm considering the modern era. I was even going to say the last 40 years, but even if it were the last 30. Only one school has done what Benedict College is on the verge of doing. And that was the Winston-Salem State Rams in 2011 and 2012 uh, under Connell Maynard. Those teams went undefeated in the regular season, and their only loss was in the playoffs. One year, the 2011 year, they lost in the national semifinals, The following year, they lost in the national championship game.
0: To Valdosville State. Uh, I was there with with Bill Hayes.
2: Yes, yes. So that, Coach Marv, is in the modern era, the last time that an HBCU went unbeaten in the regular season. So Benedict has something like a – I think Drew and I did the math. It's like a 22-game streak. They won like the three games at the end of 2011 Last year, they went 11-0 and in the regular season, which also includes the CIAA – or no, SIC championship game. Okay, that's considered part of the regular season. And right now, they are sitting at 8-0. and So they're on a 22-game regular season winning streak. And should they finish the season unbeaten and win the SIC, they would have gone 11-0 and for two consecutive seasons. Matching what Winston Salem State did uh, nearly a decade ago, so
5: and I was thinking about this earlier this week or after this uh-huh. weekend's games, uh-huh. South Carolina State might want to take a look.
2: Uh, my bird, my my sources say that those conversations, or or that is the that is high on the priority wish list. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't other- Benedict
5: Benedictine Columbia. Which is, um, I'm not sure, 100 percent sure where Bennett is yeah. located. I know it's in South Carolina. But I don't know if it's it, in
2: It's within an hour of Orangeburg, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is not far at I all. You. But yeah, the, it is. Uh, it is very high mm-hmm. on the list. You know, there was a lot of talk about another coach potentially taking over at South Carolina State, but they it seems like the number 1 choice will be Chenisbury, Berry and it'll be up to Chenisbury, Berry I think to decide if he wants to leave Benedict and head to South Carolina State um you know but hey South Carolina State or no Benedict doing a great job of raising funds and winning football does that uh so who knows i mean they could they could raise some money and all of a sudden end up keeping their coach and I would be. Nah, I would be no, no, they can't. No, they can't. <laughs>
0: hey, I mean, hey, they can't raise that kind of money. They can't uh, okay. afford that at at a, a D two level. They cannot afford to pay what South
2: Carolina State plays. So, I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I just heard something about Benedict raising like one point something million dollars. that ain't got so, nothing to do with football. Well, Oops. but it could. It could. It could if they if they were really serious about it, right? Know it's not uh, happening,
0: it's
2: it's not not, happening, Captain. Okay, um, all right. So, plans for this weekend we've got a potential. I know Kelvin, we're working on the tailgate situation, trying to figure out how that's gonna happen, where it's gonna happen. We're also talking about a uh, pre show, a pre game show, and we're also talking about a watch party because Marcus, unfortunately, is not gonna be traveling. so Marcus may be hosting a live watch party right from our YouTube page. So if you're not subscribed to the ONG Strike Zone YouTube page, it's the same as our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook handle. Go join our YouTube page there. I mean, you could also join the JBN Jericho Broadcast Networks too, but uh, that uh, watch party will most likely happen over, over there. So if you're not going to the game, uh, let us know. Maybe maybe we'll have you on with Marcus and you can break down and, and do the some live commentary watching a homecoming with Marcus. Uh send us an email, ONG Zone at gmail.com dot ONG strike zone at gmail.com Let us know if you're not going to uh not going to be there. Uh that'll be that'll be good.
5: And we don't have a delay. What's that called in radio? We have a, a delay or something or so yeah, you gotta keep it uh keep your frustrations uh, PG. Yeah yeah, learn how to if learn we, how to use your mute button. If we have any frustrations, yeah.
2: <laughs> if you want to curse, you yeah hit your hit your mute button. Uh, you go there. So okay, um, well gentlemen, that's gonna do it for this show. I I fe- it feels like Friday to me. Uh, I'm gonna have to do my best to make sure I wake up and don't just drive to Tallahassee. I still have to go to work for two more days, but I but I feel like I'm ready to go. I feel like I'm ready to get in the car, and and just get head to Tallahassee. So, uh, Marcus, any final thoughts or words you want to share tonight?
5: Just looking forward to Saturday and and seeing what the boys going to do.
2: Saturday,
5: and also interesting commentary from Coach Simmons this week. Yes, not, very. Not only not very. only on uh, I saw about half of the 220 QB club interview. I didn't get to see all of it before tonight's show, but he had some interesting comments and he also had some uh, pretty interesting comments. The other day, he had a guest spot on, on, on off script, on Scott. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was planned, but it, it wasn't on their initial graphic, but you know, he popped in and he gave them an hour's worth of, of content. And I've, I've noticed, it seems like, um, of course, Simmons seems to be a lot freer. <laughs> it is uh, maybe not in the SWAC media or even even the some of the uh, the weekly calls that he does with the local press, but when he gets in the QB club or other other interviews, it seems like he's feels a lot more liberated.
2: Yeah, um, what you're talking about is what Sweet is talking about the uh, on uh, on uh, off script channel uh, the Monday show called Outspoken uh, Coach Simmons came on and had a, had a great conversation with Scotty and uh, I forgot the other the other guy's uh, uh, name but um, uh, th- they touched on quite a few different topics but um, listening to Coach talk about the perception that he and coaches have to deal with uh, about FAMU and 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 it go it kind of goes along with this thing that I heard a uh, Perry White. Thank you guys, Perry White. Thank you. Is uh, who does the show, uh, outspoken with uh, Scotty on Mondays. That whole thing about what the the perceptions. I I'm an I'm at a you know I teach at a private school, but but it's the same thing that I have to sort of tell my kids because for some reason. There's this thought that oh, FAMU is a party school, and I heard Coach Simmons bring this up, and I was like, he's sure right. And it's like, no, FAMU is not the party school. It's the school across the tracks. <laughs> That's the damn party school, and we get kind of lumped in by association, or like he said, a, a few people who <laughs> who 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 failed out or didn't do what they needed to do to finish at FAMU, and it's like. Uh, just you know, talking positive, not only just talking positive, and and I know, look, we do talk positive about FAMU, but we also gonna talk reality about FAMU, mm-hmm. but also honestly, honestly about FAMU, but at the same time, what I think can be helpful more is when, for example, FAMU talks about. Uh, various things and their sites to talk about famu related news from other entities at the university do we retweet and share those news stories with the same fervor that we retweet our cross-country team winning a SWAC title or our football team being ranked 14th in the nation by the afca probably not uh, okay I'm, I'm, you mean the I'm positive
5: saying, stories about family? Correct. With the with oh the, yeah, the, well, same, I mean, same
2: with I the did... same fervor and enthusiasm, and I think that's where things could start to change. Is that when we see those stories, we got to give those as much attention as we do the football championship and the cross country championship stories as well.
5: Uh, I would agree. I would say individually, I think the three of us, and probably a lot of folks are in the chat move will forward those positive stories, but even, you know, Skiven Gaither from HBCU Game Day says, hey, the negative stories and the clicks tell the story. The negative stuff, and even when he posts a story that's tangentially related to HBCUs about Coach Prime, former, co- former J State coach, it gets the clicks. So the numbers don't lie. And also to Tamara T's point, and we've all heard it, and we've seen the story, like, even back, and Coach Simmons referenced it, when we were College of the Year from Princeton Review and Time Magazine, mm-hmm. U.S. News and Re- Report, World and Report had a parallel rankings. They had the top schools and they have the party schools. And yep. we know FSU and other schools were on the top, but it's us that's saying that stuff. I remember, I'm mean, like, I, I said earlier, I remember, you know, homecoming 88. So that, you know, basically anybody's watched the show knows I'm freshman class 87. They were saying that back then and they are probably saying it before then. Mm-hmm. And all the while, as coach Simmons alluded to, the data says, you know, just based on rankings or polling or whatever kind of data uh, acquisition that they use, that U S news reporter, whoever does it, or playboy magazine back when playboy magazines, they had a top 10 party school too. Mm-hmm. And those, yep. there were no HBCUs on there. Nope. So it and
2: you wanting to go out to Arizona for some reason, you know what I'm saying? i saw that list. I'm like, damn, I'd to go to Arizona.
5: Yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> us proliferating that. And yeah. you know, if it's untrue or if it's just overblown from a standpoint of someone who didn't do well in school or just somebody's telling what they heard or the fact that, hey, college kids have fun, and then okay, somebody having fun and doing stuff, or or the video, even the video that you show for homecoming, and then somebody makes an assumption. But we have to be careful about the words that we speak and how it
2: well, education.
5: reinforces. Yeah, how it reinforces in some people's minds if they already have either a neutral or a negative connotation about hbcus it only reinforces that in their minds
2: I think one of the biggest things that we could tell people is we are one of the top 100 universities in the nation not just we can talk about being a top Hbcu but for some people they need to hear it in in broader terms mm. and so the broader truth is we are one of the top 100. Overall, regardless of being Ivy, HBCU, Christian, whatever, whatever designation.
0: You know, know, I was just going to say, man, sometimes I think we focus too much on on the haters. I mean, haters going to hate. So, you know, people tend to gravitate to whatever their position was, whether you give them facts or not. So you know, the many of people you're trying to convince and so forth is really, the, you know, the the, the truly uh, anybody who does any kind of just basic research knows family is a academic pillar. Uh, so, so I, I, you know, for me, I don't even like talking about it because you know, at the end of the day, from a media standpoint, uh, negative stuff. Draws more clicks, draws more attention. Positive stuff like you try to lose to get buried. It's been that way since the beginning of time. So, you know, you know, I won't give it a lot of energy. Now, I will say, in in terms of uh, Coach Simmons and his statements, um, I, I thought he had some some real insight and in, in a lot of things he said. But also, I ho- I hope it's sh- it's part of his growth. what he's learned from for instance he mentioned about uh quarterbacks and his philosophy with that and um so i'm assuming he learned from the rashawn mckay situation and that's where his loyalty you know comes from now so uh uh, and there was a couple other you know little things like that but um it's homecoming we're going to have a good time and we're going to get this W and win the Swag East. You said the West earlier, Swag East.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I would just, yeah, I, I would just say, you know, the funny perception is reality for a lot of people. And I, I, I all I'll say is I listen to, uh, sometimes when you don't talk and you just listen to high school students, you'd be amazed at the stuff that they don't know. And you just be like, where do you get this info from? And it's scary the influence of TikTok and social media. <laughs> Man, that. But mm-hmm. but uh, those those perceptions that kids are fighting are also perceptions that uneducated, and I, I mean that in a nice way, uninformed, maybe it's a better way of saying it, uninformed parents that you you Kelvin are an informed parent. You Marcus are an informed parent. You wouldn't be led astray by nonsense like that, but there are many more, many, many more uninformed parents who will get led astray. And so I think what coach was getting at is when he goes into these homes, that's what he's fighting. He's fighting the uninformed again, you know, to inform them because other uninformed parents may be talking. And a lot of times it can be kids I've heard it's crazy, but anyway, that's a whole nother Whole nother show uh for a whole nother whole another time. Uh so we want to get out of here. We wanna thank you guys for uh joining us tonight. Uh again, keywords, hydrate, take it slow, get rest, stretch, uh, you know, hydrate some more. Um, and uh keep your head, keep it, keep your eyes open.
0: Pace. Pace yourself. Young don't bitch. end up on social me- don't don't end up on social media with your face down and your legs up. I'm just <laughs> telling
5: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, turn off the cameras, delete
2: that footage. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. hey. yes.
3: Homecoming,
0: wow. uh, homecoming for real until I has a baby.
2: Man. Take a nap where you can get one. Even if it's in your car, you know, lock the door. <laughs> hopefully you got tinted windows. Uh whatever. Do what you need to do to take a nap. Yeah, leave the window um,
0: cracked.
2: Yeah, leave the window cracked or whatever. Um, but more importantly, I just want to say, let's have a safe weekend. You know, we we all know what's been yes. going on out there at various homecomings. Uh let's keep our eyes open for each other. And yeah. you see something, report it, you see something that don't look right. Say something. Um, let, let's not let's not have blinders on just because we're enjoying ourselves. Okay? It's going to be a lot of folks in town, and hopefully uh, everyone is safe. You guys be safe. I look forward to seeing you. Be checking out with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll let you know where we're going to be at. We want to see you this weekend. What's the color theme this weekend? Is it orange or is orange. it Orange. Orange. Okay, thank you. The color choice is orange. So and I'll send
5: you a graphic. They put one out at the beginning of the season for the I mean we only got I, two home games. I remember
2: day. seeing that. Yeah. I, I but I thought I thought pink was kind of in the theme as well because it's uh it's breast, breast cancer,
0: cancer breast cancer awareness.
5: But the color
2: yeah, is
0: no, orange, it's homecoming. You can't wear pink on
2: the home gun. I I, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I I can't. I know that. I ain't no I'm no aka, so I can't, but okay, uh okay, so that's gonna do it for tonight's show. Thank you again to uh, Cardell Thomas. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you go check out his uh, his uh, vegan gumbo uh, event on Friday and be looking out for him. Uh, more, more, more importantly, look out for his mother. Look for his family. Uh, gate one is what I was told on Saturday. That's what he said. So we appreciate Cardell coming on at the beginning of the show. And then, of course, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill and Charles Bishop. We appreciate them. Coming in as well. That's going to do it for this homecoming show. For Marcus Green and Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. Rattlers, it happy ups. homecoming. Fangs up. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. And we'll see everybody in Tallahassee this weekend. Peace out, family.
5: You know what time it is.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my